0: You're listening to the Liberty NZ Breakfast with Grant Edwards.
1: Israel has only been a state since 1948. Palestine is
2: thousands of years old. Sorry Mia, you are wrong. Israel is 3000 years old, 75 years young. And this is not coming from a Jew, but from a proud Muslim. The prophets of God whom I believe in were Israelites. A significant number of these prophets disseminated their teachings in the land of Canaan. A land which Joshua bin Nun later renamed Israel. And then King David proclaimed Jerusalem as the nation's capital. Yes, Mia, it wasn't Donald J. Trump. It was King David. Even Jesus of Nazareth, Mia, called the land Israel in the Gospel of Matthew. The Roman Emperor Hadrian expelled Jews from Israel, erasing the name Judea. He supplanted it with the Roman Latin term Syria-Palestina, which evolved into Palestine. Similarly, the city of Shechem was changed to Neapolis or Nablus which means in roman latin new city or new place the jewish people
3: dear me are not money destroys families sometimes when there's too much of it when a family member comes to me and says look uh, i need money i want to borrow money from you and i recommend this to anybody that's dealing with this problem i say to them i don't want to lend you any money i'm going to give you money and i never want it returned but our contract between each other now is you never ask again. When
4: people asked my dad, he grew up
5: during the Depression. Yeah. And they would ask him what that was like. And his answer was always so disappointing to people that wanted a good Depression story. He'd say, well, you know, we didn't have any money. But hell, nobody had any money. And we just ate from the garden. And, you know, we had a cow and this. And you just didn't buy anything because you yeah. didn't have any money. And yeah. people are kind of like, that's the best you got, you know. Yeah. But it was just... That struggle was kind of
6: universal.
3: To hear a replay of this hour, go to episodes at
5: TNTradio.live. Now, TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. The Israel Defense Forces say it delivered 300 liters of fuel to a collection point near the Shifa hospital in Gaza City, but the Hamas will not allow hospital staff to retrieve the fuel, which is apparently necessary for the hospital. In a statement, the Israeli government said, The IDF provided 300 liters of fuel for urgent medical purposes for the Shifa hospital. Hamas prevented the hospital from receiving the fuel. Last night, the IDF coordinated the transfer of fuel for urgent medical use to the Shifa hospital. Early in the morning, IDF troops arrived at the entrance of the hospital and placed 300 liters of fuel for urgent medical purposes. Later, the IDF received evidence that Hamas officials prevented the hospital from receiving the fuel. Rescuers were digging through dirt in parts of a collapsed road tunnel Monday to reach 40 workers trapped by a landslide at the construction project in northern India. All of the construction workers are safe, police officials said, adding they'd been supplied with oxygen and water. They said the rescuers had established contact with the trapped individuals. The collapse occurred Sunday in Uttarakhand, a mountainous state dotted with Hindu temples that attracts many pilgrims and tourists. South Carolina Republican Senator Tim Scott announced Sunday night on Fox News he is ending his campaign for the presidency.
1: Well, Trey, any time Dak Prescott has five touchdowns, uh, you feel better about everything. Uh, I, I, I've been drinking a lot of water. I'll be down for another couple days, but I'm looking forward to getting back on the campaign trail. Without any question, Trey, one of the things I would recommend to every single American, I know it's not possible, by the way. If you ever want to love your country more, run for president. Traveling this country, meeting people has been one of the most fantastic experiences of my entire life. I love America more today than I did on May 22nd. But when I go back to Iowa, it will not be as a presidential uh, candidate. I am suspending my campaign. I I think the voters uh, who are the most remarkable people on the planet have been really clear that they're telling me not now, Tim. I don't think they're saying, Trey, no, but I do think they're saying not now. And so I'm going to respect the voters, and I'm going to hold on and keep working really hard and uh, look forward to another opportunity. The White House is planning to kill Russia's
5: Arctic Liquid Natural Gas 2 energy project, according to U.S. Assistant Secretary of State for Energy Resources Jeffrey Pyatt, who told a Senate Foreign Relations Committee hearing on U.S. national security interests in Ukraine that new sanctions leveled against the Arctic lng 2 is aimed at killing that project. Claiming it had been set up with the aim of turning Russia into the world's largest liquid natural gas exporter. DT Radio's Patrick Henningsen says now we can see Washington's true agenda.
3: Now you can see Washington's true agenda here. You shouldn't think that they would have stopped by blowing up the Nord Stream 1 and 2 pipelines to cut off gas from Russia into Europe, really deciding who Russia can sell to, who they can't sell to. Now they're trying to cut off Russian supplies to Asia. What is this going to mean? Is there going to be warfare, sabotage in the Arctic Ocean? Is that where things are heading? They think they can get between Russia and China on the delivery of energy, or Russia and Japan. Japan. And they have put prohibitions in price caps on Russian oil to places like Japan. But that's not going to stop the flow of energy to an Asian tiger economy that's going to need energy and lots of it. Affordable, reliable energy with great service providers of which Russia is one of the top in the world. They're going to need that to fuel their economic needs and their growth for the next two decades or more. And where is the West going? To green energy, wind and solar that's not going to cut it so you can see the divergent agendas here for tnt radio this is patrick henningson
0: thank you patrick well it is complicated isn't it goodness gracious it certainly is it's uh it's not easy i don't know there's something some things i like about putin uh who's the guy in um what's his name now uh the syrian guy him and his wife, they seem like very nice people. But, oh boy, apparently it's a terrible re- regime. I don't know, when I look at him, when I look at that guy from Syria, what's his name? I can't remember his name, but anyway, he seems like a really <laughs> nice chap. I suppose they all seem nice. I suppose it's TV, isn't it? You can't be fooled by the way people look. You can't judge a book by its cover. Anyway, thank you, Patrick, and we'll be back with... Uh, TNT Radio News. It's uh, six o'clock, and right now it's five minutes past, and we'll be looking at the weather in just one moment. I will shut down the U.S. Department of Education.
4: I will use that $80 billion
5: and put it in the hands of parents across this country to send their kids to the best possible K-12 through schools that they can. I'll go further and make sure that we do this on terms that require localities to eliminate teachers' unions, so that Public schools can actually go once again compete with private schools and charter schools. If you're going to teach it in the classroom, you better put it online. If you don't want to put it online, you probably shouldn't be teaching it in the classroom and revive civic education in this country. That
0: puts students in a better position when they then graduate from 12th grade. I'll say. And that is um, Vivek Ramaswamy. Swami. I quite like the sound of him. I think he'll probably end up being prime prim, president one day. Yep, yeah, I do. Might not be this time this time round, but I think he'll get there eventually. Very bright, young tech billionaire, I think he is as well. OK, let's take a look at New Zealand weather. First of all, the extremes, Colvardin, 18.1 degrees at six minutes past five. Waiuru is um, 0.7 degrees, so it's quite cold there, isn't it? But it always is, and that's where the tent cities are going to be set up, and we're going to have uh, chain gangs. I'll be running that, chain gangs, when uh, NZ Law gets in in 2026. 26? Yes, three, four, five, six, yes, three more years to go. Windiest place in the country is guess where? Windy Wellington. Wellington City, forty four kilometers per hour, and the wettest place is down south, just like they said, two point two millimeters of rain. Let's move away from Met service now and go over to weatherwatch.co.nz and they're telling us that there is a northwesterly flow that lies over the country today. With a series of fronts moving north, conditions are wetter in the west and will become even wetter. Uh, it's going to be drier in the east, rain in the south from late afternoon. For Northland, Auckland, Waikato and Bay of Plenty, mostly sunny with some high cloud. Showers move into uh, Waikato late afternoon and further north late evening or overnight. Northwesterlies change to westerly overnight. Highs today of 20 to 22 degrees. Western North Island, including the central part of the North Island, showers turn to rain in the morning, heavy for Taranaki, clearing away late afternoon. Strong northerly change to west and northwest around midday. 16 to 20 is your high today. For the eastern North Island, sun developing with high cloud, spits of rain spread onto the Wairarapa around midday and then further north late afternoon and evening. Where well, you've got northwesterlies, 19 to 25 is your expected highs today. Wellington, spits turn to rain in the morning, clearing in the afternoon as strong to gale northerlies change uh, to northwest. Highs are going to be 17 to 18 today. Marlborough and Nelson in the South Island of New Zealand. Rain clearing in the afternoon with sun breaking through as strong northerlies change to westerly. And then you've got a temperature range between 20 and 24 degrees. Canterbury, early uh, cloud. It clears then mostly sunny. Winds from this northwest. Tending southerly in the morning. ...south of Banks Peninsula about the coast... ...and then easterly in the afternoon... ...later in the evening and overnight... ...southerlies and they freshen with some cloud... ...22 to 24 today... ...for the west coast... ...morning heavy rain for Bullet, eases to showers... ...and then sun breaks through in the afternoon... ...further south the showers ease... ...with sunny spells developing... Fjordan sees a new round of heavy rain... ...moving into the... ...towards late afternoon... ...and you've got westerly winds... ...14 to 17 today... And finally, uh, Southland and Otago, a mix of sun and cloud for Southland. Otago's mostly sunny. From late afternoon for Southland into the evening for Otago, rain moves through, possibly heavy, as gusty northwesterlies change to westerly and the rain eases overnight. 17 to 22 degrees for you. We'll be back with some uh, some more, uh, some news for the day. See what's going on with news. It's coming up to nine minutes past five.
6: I believe the natural order of the world is God, victim. men, and women. And when we try to confuse women and say we're equal to men, and that we have an ability, like that we should be able to control men, that's when evil happens. I, mean, I don't happens. think there's equality no, no, with men and women at ro- right, all. Right, 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 but to, yeah. I think we're supposed to, I think we're supposed to submit to men's authority. And I think when we don't, that's when evil happens. And so typically when, when there's a dysfunction in the family, it's because the woman was trying to impose her will on the man.
0: Oh, that's Pearl. Oh, gosh, you know, she's... Oh, boy, not everyone would agree with that, Pearl. No wonder that YouTube, you probably... they probably People are putting, putting pressure on YouTube, I would think, to get rid of you. Because she was telling, telling her listeners last week, or viewers... Uh, last week that um, they were trying to get rid of her. That's what she felt anyway. So I'm not surprised saying things like that. Anyway, uh, now, before we go to the full news, let's have a look and see what happened on this day in history. Uh, On the 14th of November, it is today, back in 1973, DPP legislation was enacted, uh, passage of the Social Security Amendment Act by the Norm Kirk's Labour government introduced a domestic purposes benefit known as the DPB. That came into New Zealand's social welfare system. The creation of the new benefit was one of the recommendations of the Royal Commission of Social Security, which reported back in 1972. The DPB was primarily intended to help female New Zealand residents with a dependent child or children who had lost the support of their husband or were inadequately supported by him. It also uh, was available to unmarried mothers and their children, women without husbands who were caring for incapacitated relatives, and also for older women who were living alone. While men raising their own child or children could also claim the DPB, the vast majority didn't. And you just went out and worked, didn't they? Just work, work and come home, look after the kids, <laughs> get mum and dad to help. I don't know. They didn't seem to want to be um, using the government. Uh, they just got on with it, I suppose. I don't, know. Uh, a new <laughs> I don't know. A new and sometimes maligned category of New Zealander was created, New Zealand woman, uh, the solo mum. And controversy about the DPP intensified after the election of the national government in late 1975. In March 76, Social Welfare... What was it? your yeah, Social Welfare... was it? Minister, rather, for Social Welfare, Bert Walker, he claimed that some solar mothers were abusing the system, no kidding, and claiming the benefit while in a de facto relationship. Yes, at that time, more than 23,000 people were receiving the benefit. How could we survive paying all that money out? And its defenders insisted... See, I'm sure a lot of them would have said instead of staying in the marriage they would have said oh well, let go on the DPP and get rid of the husband and then look for someone else <laughs> jump ship the government enabled it, didn't they? Really, uh, it's defend. It, okay, so we're going back to this here now. Grant, just stick with stick with. Okay, uh, its defenders insisted the DPB was important important right for women, women's rights, and gave them and their children some protection from the financial consequences of a failed marriage or failed relationship. Uh, its advocates also argued that the amount paid barely covered the basic necessities. The existence of the DPB, the domestic purposes benefit was hardly an incentive to give up paid work they said the initial basic weekly rate was that's for the DPP $23.70 not much but then the average wage I think was only about well not much more than that i probably double that uh, the same for the unemployment benefit so they got the same basically just like doll money and uh that was for someone living alone, plus they had they got three dollars for the first dependent child and a dollar twenty five for additional dependent. The weekly adult minimum wage in nineteen seventy three was forty five dollars for men and thirty four dollars for women. The average weekly male wage in nineteen seventy five just you know a couple of years later was up at ninety five dollars. So that is what happened on this day in history. That's the most exciting thing that happened back in 1972. We're back in a minute with more news. Fourteen past five. I think
2: people like don't totally understand what I do with my time. They think like I'm a business guy or something like that. Like my Wikipedia page says, business magnate. What would you call yourself? I'm a business magnet. <laughs> <laughs> Can someone please change my Wikipedia page to magnet? I do engineering and you know, and manufacturing and that kind of thing. That's like 80% more of my time.
7: Ideas and then the implementation of those ideas.
2: Hardcore engineering, like designing things, you know. Right. Structural, mechanical, electrical, software, user interface, engineering, aerospace engineering.
0: Elon Musk there with Joe Rogan. All right, let's look at uh, Farmers Weekly first of all. We'll do the Rural Report at quarter past five. Okay, um, rural heart attack patients get worse care than urban, according to a study. Um, And it says here that the patients in rural hospitals experience delays in receiving an angiogram, an angiography, uh, according to a national study. 26,000 cases were found. Dr. Rory Miller is of the Department of General Practice and Rural Health says patients at rural or urban inter- interventional hospitals experience delays in receiving an angiography. And uh, so, patients who got to go to urban hospitals, who go to, urgent, uh, uh, who go to urban hospitals after having a heart attack, receive more timely care than those in rural and urban non interventional hospitals, according to a new study from Otago University. The study published in New Zealand's Medical Journal investigates whether there was a difference in the care given to patients who had a heart attack between January 2014 and December 2019, depending on the rural-urban category of the hospital they were first admitted to. Three hospital categories were considered, uh, large-urban interventional, small-urban, non-interventional and rural hospitals. They were measured on whether patients received an angiography within three days The assessment uh, of left ventricular uh, ejection fraction. Oh, what does that all mean? I don't know. And the secondary intervention medication that was prescribed before discharge on the 26,000 or of the 26,779 patients involved in the national study 66.2% presented to urban interventional hospitals 25.6 to urban non-interventional and 8.2 to rural hospitals Maori patients were more likely to go to urban non-interventional and rural hospitals than urban interventional, and the lead author, Dr. Rory Miller of the Department of General Practice and Rural Health, said that patients at rural or non-urban interventional hospitals experienced delays in receiving an angiography and were less likely to receive an, an echocardiography. I wouldn't. I would have just called it an echocardiograph. I don't know. This is a graphy. Anyway, they compared the patients who presented to urban interventional hospitals. He said the findings show people. In a rural com- uh, community setting and smaller urban centres are potentially worse off than those in larger urban settings. Uh, he said Maori patients are disproportionately impacted by delays in receiving angiography as they are more likely to live near rural or urban non interventional hospitals. See, that's really what it is. It's not really a racial thing, is it? It's it's where they live, and that hasn't been taken into account. So I'm p- pleased about this. However, the L V E F I can't remember what that was um, the assessment and timely angiography in urban non-interventional and rural hospitals were hospitals rather were lower than in urban interventional hospitals for both Maori and non-Pacific and, and rather non-Maori and non non-Pacific. Pacific Island, I suppose. The rates of prescribing secondary intervention medication at discharge were high and similar for all types of hospitals. Hospitals. Um, I didn't think a hospital had a D in it. No, it doesn't. I don't know why I put one in there. Um, all right, so 17 minutes past. What do you think about that? I think that's interesting. I think that probably tells you a lot about that. You know, Maoris probably aren't so victimized when it comes to healthcare after all, it's more to do with where they live. Might be the case. Mightn't it. Now, um, also Cameron He's this is on um, FarmersWeekly.co.nz by the way. Beware of sentiment and snake oil according to Cameron. He said it's discipline this economy needs if it's to make a change of government with a real fresh start, he says. Um, And what's he talking about there? Oh, I don't know. Any new government always blames the departing one for a host of problems according to Cameron Bargry. And we will see a lot of that, he says. Uh, the new government signals new direction and change. Sentiment has lifted. Business confidence has risen to the highest level since 2017 with a net 23% of business confidence about the economy according to the ANZ Business Outlook Survey. It's almost as if the magic potion has been formulated in the past few weeks. General business confidence within the agricultural sector has risen to minus 12, previously minus 44, the highest reading since mid 2021 with a big this month. I think just you're having the fact that you've got the blue tinge, haven't you? You've got the the National Party. So um, he says uh, the economy will reasonably well the economy did reasonably well with the unemployment rate sitting at about 4% over the extended period through though the fundamentals slowly eroded at costs increased and hits profits. I think he's talking about uh, under the Labor government, isn't he? Business confidence in the agriculture sector was positive for one month during the previous government's entire. So only one month for the whole tenure. But then they had the COVID pandemic, didn't they? So that didn't help. A net 56% of businesses in agriculture expect to be making less money over the coming 12 months, compared to a net uh, the uh, minus six for the wider economy. A net 40% of agriculture firms expect to invest less in their business compared to plus four. It's very complicated, isn't it, for the wider economy. Uh, employment intentions are negative for agriculture. Lower profitability hits investment and employment. A net 64% of agriculture is expected to get tougher, uh, to be tougher, and to get credit over the coming year. The economy uh, wide red is 21 minus 21. Any new government always blames the departing. Oh, we've said that, haven't we? Inflation is a problem. Taming it requires a plan. The Reserve Bank's November financial stability report points to resilience, but also emergence emerging stress. What? I don't understand any of this. This is too difficult. You've got to be an economist to be able to read this thing. Should we give that a miss? See if there's something simpler. Um, On-farm Webinar shed light on the farm plan requirements. Concerns remaining remain about the cost, uh, usefulness, and how they join up with rules. I reckon rural, I reckon farming—you've got to be bloomin' brilliant. You've got to be a bit of a genius just to read about it. I don't understand any of it. On-farm webinars. Gosh, I thought it was all just go out and milk the cows and come home and have a snoo- you know—have a feed and go to bed. But all, the last month, Federated Farmers. Uh, has hosted two webinars for farmers to help them better understand freshwater farm plans are oh, yeah that's all that climate change stuff isn't it? you know just is really isn't it? But concerns remain about the cost, usefulness, and how they join up with rules and requirements yet to come from essential freshwater mandated regional plans. oh that's nasty. They want they want something like ten meters. These are the councils that are following the United Nations plans. 2030 and 2021 agenda, Um, they want 10 metres either side of a waterway, even if it doesn't run all year round. 10 metres! And that's just, you know, that's just not going to work, is it? So that, anyway, the webinars, so uh, gosh, I wouldn't even be bothered looking at them if I was a farmer. I am a farmer. Um, now have your say on the advance, advances of the beef genetics okay that's responses to inform is anyone interested in this uh, is, I hope there's no, some farm. oh hang on here's something good rural heart attack patients get worse care than urban oh we did that one didn't we mm. Okay, so that's it. Gosh, nothing very exciting. Or Fonterra's got ambitious on farm targets met with ambitious caution. Or we saw that yesterday. Nothing's changed. All right, we'll we'll give that a miss. We'll go over to Radio New Zealand. Now, kids are going back to school. They hate Mondays, don't they? Not these students. As uh, the school week kicks off with a party. Oh, that's a good idea. We're going to have a party. Uh, Christchurch Primary School is trying to make the start of the school week. More like a party than a chore. Oh, for goodness sake, just get on and teach the kids the basics. And what else have we got here on the front page? This is front page news for Radio New Zealand. Less than half of students consistently attend school in Term 2. That's according to a new report, and I think that's something that we should be more concerned about. 24 minutes past 5 and this is a report that's just come out, only 47% of students came to school regularly in Term 2 this year, an improvement on the same term last year, but one of the worst figures on record. Ministry of Education figures published on Thursday show that 12.5% of the students were chronically absent in Term 2, meaning they had attended 70% or less of their classes, down from 13.9% the same term last year. Figures were a slump from Term 1, Uh, This year, with uh, 59.5% of pupils uh, reached the regular attendance benchmark of attending more than 90% of their classes. But better than the term two, last year, when regular attendance has reached as low as 39.9%. That's not good, is it? Shocking news there. Uh, Unbelievably bad. What else have we got on the front page? Uh, Life less ordinary Kiwi couple offer a... Costa Rican tourism dream, okay, And electrician's failure to carry out simple tasks linked to the death of a builder. That was a Nelson. Nelson electrician Stephen Burton's failure to carry out simple tasks linked to the death of builder Craig Johnston. Uh, A judge has found it incomprehensible that a man lost his life after an electrician failed to carry out simple tasks. a, A task to remove a wall switch to check the wiring. The decision released on Monday... Stephen Steve Graham Burton. He's the electrician. He's been convicted on the charge relating to to uh, to work that he did on the Central Nelson property back in February two thousand and twenty. That would be just before the lockdowns, wouldn't it? Yeah, lockdowns. What that beginning of April, weren't they? Somewhere around there. I remember mean, we had to rush off and deliver a tiny house trailer before, <laughs> in the middle of the night. And the next day, we're all in lockdown. Crazy, really, isn't it? Much-loved dad and partner Craig Johnson died after an electric, electrical shock. Uh, he got electrocuted. When people say, oh, I got you, he was electrocuted, that means you're dead. Like, you know, dead. Uh, it doesn't mean you just got a shock. Anyway, so he died. Judge David Ruth said that while there were complexities involved in Burton's task of installing the new range hood and fan, if he'd carried out a very simple act of removing the wall switch to check uh, check the wire in Johnson's death might have been avoided, it seems that the phase wire, because I looked at this earlier on this morning, seems that the phase wire was connected to the earth, which is con- connected to the range hood, and he picked the thing up, and, and that was the end of him. Poor chap. Um, I'll just get to the bottom of this one. And uh, see here, ultimately, Judge Ruth found him to be the most uh, unimpressive witness who had confused, he was confused over technical questions that the judge himself said that he was able to understand as a layperson. Uh, NZMe, who owns uh, Radio New Zealand, no, they don't, they own uh, 1ZB, so this must be their story. They had approached Burton for comment uh, through his lawyer, Michael Vesti, who said Burton's position was would be outlined in sentencing so that is not so good, so what happened, the judge Judge Ruth said that uh, a suggestion that came that some unknown person for unknown reasons might have reconfigured the wiring between the dates 27th and February and 19th of March was fanciful so that's what he's saying, that someone's gone in and reconfigured the wiring oh that's a shame, just um simple but you know what even as a builder I think you've still got responsibility just treat every wire as live touch it with a touch I touch everything with the back of my hand um, you wouldn't expect though well I would just like before I did anything oh, I don't know if you're just touching a range hood you wouldn't expect that to be live would you gosh no you wouldn't actually probably if you're going to be doing work they probably flick off the Ah, pa- oh, I don't know No, I guess builders you know what a shame what a shame it's a terrible thing uh, terrible for the family and now workers have a few protections of um, if, uh, if employer goes bust Fixing Companies Act would help apparently should we have a look at that New Zealand workers see what's going on there oh it's an analysis it's going to take forever you can have a look at that the heading that's the heading there as I said Auckland welcomed the new cheaper Waiheke Ferry uh, before we go to that Ginny Anderson here's a story here about her she's an MP Labour MP Anderson, she's formally apologised after the bullying accusation. Um, but as I was reading another report, and maybe we'll get to that in a minute. So, Labour MP Jenny Anderson, she's formally apologised, blah blah blah. Um, she says that there are oh, now someone else has come forward and they're saying she's definitely a bully. Listen, I'm not even going to talk about that, and I'll tell you why, because if you've got accusations against anyone, you should be named. This is an unnamed person, and I think it's irresponsible for a newspaper or a, a media organisation to actually go and put a story together with unnamed people. So Jenny Anderson, even though she's Labour leftist and I'm not that fond of that sort of politics, I don't think that it's fair to, for her not to be able to know who her accusers are and and you know it's very unbiblical that's why paul in the new testament he would say as i've i've heard of this i've heard all this from from the house those in the house of chloe have told me this so He's, he's name, he names names, and I think it's really important that you name names, and that's there as a protection. So Otherwise, all you get is just, just tittle-tattle, isn't it? Just gossip, and, and, and a lot of it could just be nonsense. Coalition talks, uh, they cast uncertainty over National's foreign buyer tax. A top economist said that as negotiations drag on, National may have to consider phasing out its planned tax changes will possibly announce cheaper cuts in spending. UK Prime Minister Sunak, Rushi Sunak, brings back David Cameron as he sacks his interior minister. Britain's Prime Minister has brought back his party former leader, David Cameron, as Foreign Minister, after sacking his interior minister following comments that she made on police handling of the pro-Palestinian, the pro-Arab Muslim terrorist march what it is. Now, Aucklanders, they welcome the new ferry. Fantastic. Aucklanders are are hopping to and from Waiheke Island are celebrating the new competitor offering trips on the route with the Island Direct setting sail for the first time yesterday, Monday. It's a 50-seater vessel and it's scheduled to complete 18 crossings between Auckland CBD and Waiheke most days. I hope they've got a spare one. What happens if it breaks down? Surely they've got more than one. That would be, otherwise you wouldn't be able to rely on it, would you? Because often, you know, you've got to send them in for checks and stuff and whatever. So I'm sure they've got more than one. Okay, so some of the tickets are going for nearly half the price for a long run, the long-running ferry competitor, Fuller's 360. So half their price. Now, uh, the owner, David Todd, he's thrilled that the, the day's finally arrived. And it says down here that until now, Fuller's 360 have been the only ferry service going between Auckland City and Waiheke Island. It follows the outcry from Waihe commuters uh, about a 19% price increase back in July on top of regular cancellations and delays. That's right, I remember reading all about that. However, Auckland Transport said on Friday they released a report clearing uh, Fuller's 360 of charging excessive fares. Uh, fares yeah, Local uh, Radio New Zealand, locals rather, that Radio New Zealand spoke to uh, welcomed the new competitor. Uh, they were all overjoyed. And uh, another said that the oh hang on have got to get down the bottom there. Island Direct will provide 18 crossings. and oh, we did. We said all that. They repeat themselves. Uh, the company is promising cheaper fares with a pre-booked return trip to Waiheke going for 50 bucks, and a one-way ticket for 27.50. Uh, it says here five dollars and two dollars less than Fullers, respectively. It doesn't sound a lot, does it? Fullers charge 95 dollars for a pre-book. Of a specific sailing, so you've got that's just a one off fee. Island Direct does not charge an extra pre book fee. Oh, it doesn't sound like it's that much cheaper, does it? Oh, I don't think so, not really. Um, so there we are, Fuller's 360. They've previously told Checkpoint, which is a Radio New Zealand program, I think it's in the afternoon, uh, that it welcomed the new competitor. Well, you'd have to say that, wouldn't you? Uh, he said there was enough demand, or whoever it was said there's enough demand. For both operators there. In Auckland, okay, I'll be back in a moment. Just have a breather. I'll just have a breather. 29 to 6. This is not an ordinary medicine. This is not part of the medical armamentarium. It's a secretive formulation under military
4: secret contract. And what's more, the FDA.
8: Sought to keep secret for 75 years. A judge overruled them.
4: The FDA is supposed to be our gatekeeper. Instead, it's protecting the pharmaceutical industry.
0: That is a Holocaust denier. Um, I was going to say Holocaust denier. No, she certainly isn't. Uh, she is a Holocaust survivor. Now, uh, Vera Sharev. Now, well, let's carry on with some, the nautical theme, shall we? Damage to the hulls of two vessels during the past week. Or the headline for this is the troubled Cook Strait ferries. Now, uh, the latest in a series of disruptions, delays and cancellations to Cook Strait ferries this year. Kiwi Rail, which owns the Inter-Island Ferry Service, said that the Kai Arahi was damaged on Sunday when it came into contact with a fender on the wharf, leaving a metre-long hole in the hull. Bluebridge also reported a hole in the side of the hull on on Wednesday after it hit the wharf in Wellington. I suppose it's all that windy weather. be a bit tricky. They might need some better, maybe a bit of a tune-up with the driving the things. A bit of practice. Go out in the harbour and manoeuvre it around some boys or something. This year Inter-Island, that's what I did with my son. I got him driving a 40-foot yacht. He was only 12. And I just we just went out and I got him to reverse and you know use the prop walk which is the the way the propeller spins. And so um, if you're going to turn, if you're going to go in reverse, you can turn quicker towards the way the pr- propeller spins than the other way because you're fighting the propeller on a single prop engine. And so I taught him about prop walk, so you can use the prop to walk the stern around like that to turn. So all those sorts of things, you know, just in tide and wind, and, you know, windage on the vessel and all that. Sort of stuff, and um I was teaching my boy that oh gosh, he's probably ten years old, but by the time he was twelve he's competent, competent to um, bring a boat into the you know into the um, marina, uh, leave the marina uh, anchor um, you know uh to to um, come in under sail at twelve. he could do that, come in under sail in a big boat, but, but he learned most of it in a small boat because you know if you know how to sail a small boat you can sail a big boat it's just that you know a bit more windage that sort of thing but you teach them young this is a problem we're not teaching our kids young enough and the government want to stop you teaching kids young like i mean i was driving at 5 <laughs>
3: <laughs> we were
0: we just we were driving cars at 5 uh, by 9 years old gosh you know you you'd, you'd be as good as anybody i mean the cop when i went to get my driver's license on my 15th birthday went down to the Police station there. Where were they situated? I can't remember. Anyway, um, he said, "How'd you get here?" I said, "I drove." (laughs) Actually, no, no. My dad, my dad bought me. My dad, when he was, that would have been what nineteen twenty nineteen thirty mid nineteen thirties, probably nine thirty six. He got his license. Might have been earlier. Actually, I don't know what age they were. The cop asked him, "How did he get here?" He said, "I drove." But um, no, he said. The cop said to me, "He said, he said, how did you?" learn to drive so well at such a young age and I said "Oh, will just I don't know on the farm dad up and down the driveway I used to drive backwards and forwards in the driveway my brother did too we all did you know we had a bigger we had bigger properties in those days too you could drive right around the back of the house you know you had to be careful you know you make sure that when, when your brother's out practicing on the driveway you don't get run over Every, just everyone's just got to be careful. Take responsibility. Anyway, so this is what needs to happen. I think these if they're smashing into fair, you know ferries and stuff because I mean my father-in-law, he used to bring a massive ferry into um, Southampton. I think it was he did the cross-channel ferries and they and they didn't have, they didn't have. Um, what do you call it Tugs pushing you in and maneuvering you around they had to do it themselves, and they got very good at it, so I think possibly the um, the people that are driving these um, blue bridge and uh, New Zealand Cook Strait ferries or whatever they call themselves uh, New Zealand rail they need to um, practice a bit more out in you know away from the wharf and so that if you 're going to hit something it 's not going to hurt too much. Anyway, I didn't know this, that Bluebridge is now not owned by, it started by a farmer actually, a sheep farmer, and he got a bit annoyed with the cost of moving stock across the Cook Strait. So he started Bluebridge, and now apparently it's managed by Strait New Zealand, and that's owned by a New York-based investment fund, Morgan Stanley, I didn't know that. Anyway, they've faced recurring mechanical uh, challenges as well. Many sailings have been cancelled, and passengers reported difficulty getting alternative bookings. Uh, during one... Oh, what's happened here? Uh, during one... now on, just it's just gone down to a funny size, so we'll bring it back up. During one January sailing, uh, the inter-islander Kaitake Ferry lost all power from its engines in rough conditions, and it... Oh, every time I move the mouse, it reduces the size of the... Let me just um, Let me just go to a break and I'll find
4: out what the heck is going on there. It's um, 27 minutes to six. Now, I don't know if New Zealanders know, but your child can go to school with Samantha, spend all day as Sam and come home and be Samantha again, and the parents do not have to be told. They've been trans and they've been put on the puberty blockers. Those kids will not. They're, they're rendered sterile northland dhb is harvesting sperm of the people they're putting on puberty blockers northland dhb is sending out binders to young girls under the plastic surgery budget northland trust gave the rainbow hub in waikato eight hundred thousand dollars and then we just had a cyclone all that all the weather bombs and cyclone gabriel not a pronoun was lost in that you know (laughs) Uh, i wish that had gotten washed away
0: I think that was on Reality Check Radio, that one. Uh, gosh, uh, gosh, a good, terrible, isn't it? OK, we get, let's get back to the story. I think I've figured it out. Uh, during one January sailing, the inter-islander Kaitake Ferry lost all power from its engines in rough conditions and drifted dangerously close to Red Rocks on Wellington's south coast with more than 800 passengers and 80 crew on board. After about four hours without power, the tugboat accompanied it into Wellington and uh, multiple investigations were launched. Uh, and the disruptions could be ongoing as some vessels in the inter-islander fleet are reaching the end of their expected 30-year lifespan, uh, and the first of their new replacement ferries aren't expected until the end of 2025. So that's a fair way away. Radio New Zealand has put together a timeline of the breakdowns of the Cook Strait ferries this year, and I certainly ain't going to be reading all that, so you can go over and have a look at it. It's the um, the timeline, Troubled Cook Strait Ferries, that's the heading there at RNZ dot co I'll be back in just a moment, and we'll have a look at uh, News Hub and see what they're doing.
6: We were just talking. You don't know what Meg Tower is.
9: No, I thought it was a person. Um, no. I have a kind of an idea, but I'm really not sure. What do you think it is? I think it's to do with, like, Red Pill. I think I briefly read somewhere it's, like, a movement of men who are... I don't know if it's got anything to do with, like, passport bros. <laughs> no. That's about the extent of my knowledge. So it's Megtower. men going their own way. Men going
4: their own so way. So
6: either... There's different levels. Some are walking away from marriage altogether. They basically looked at the institution and the way society's set up and say we are discriminated against. We cannot interact with a woman without there being a legal consequence.
0: Goodness, we're over at newshub.co.nz here and Labour, new allegations against Anderson. That's Jenny Anderson. Whistleblower says the Labour MP definitely a bully, made manipulative comments and body shaming. Uh, Well, I I reject that uh, simply because the whistleblower is not named. And they need to be named. Just a rubbish. Story shouldn't even be on the front page. And um, my, I'm actually, I, my support is with Jenny Anderson, the Labor MP, on this one because she's already, she's already apologised uh, for um, apparently bullying and bullying. What does that mean? I mean, gosh, the leftists. I mean, gosh, it wouldn't take much to upset them, does it? I'd be, I'd be a big bully, I, I reckon. People would be calling me a bully. It's just nonsense. The, the terms have flashed around. You know, it's just ridiculous And they use the word violence You know, just from talking to someone You're violent You know, it's just nuts Anyway, outstanding issues This is election 23 still Still going Still haven't got a government Uh, Outstanding issues Luxon on the verge of failing To form a government Before the APEC deadline Now the APEC started on Sunday Yesterday no, Monday was yesterday we're well, on Tuesday now. Oh, he's not going to make it. That started Sunday and it ends uh, on Friday, so he probably won't be getting there. I think it's more important you stay and put a government together than go after APEC. In crime, customs seize nearly two kilograms of meth from a 19-year-old's luggage at Auckland Airport. A boy from Dublin, I think, he's from Ireland. Is he Irish? Yes, he's Irish. Customs seize the almost two two kilograms of methamphetamine when the man touched down he's just a boy really isn't he he's not really really a man 19 year old Irish uh, I suppose he is I suppose the average age of a Vietnam vet was 19 wasn't it so I suppose he is a man. Uh, the Irish National is charged with importing a Class A drug and in possession of a Class A controlled drug for supply. Upon his arrival at New, Z- in New Zealand, the man was questioned and his baggage was searched by customs officers. They found 1.9 kilograms of methamphetamine in the lining of five, car- five cardboard boxes. Customs officers noticed inconsistencies in one of the x-rayed packages and further examination confirmed the white substance that's nasty, isn't it? So is that cocaine? No, it's not. I'm pretending I don't know anything about drugs. So I, I don't know anything about methamphetamine. It just sounds really bad to me. <laughs> like, I mean, any drugs sound really bad to me. Even marijuana, even marijuana sounds like you know dangerous to me. I wouldn't trust myself with anything like that. Too scared. My parents warned me. We, we were warned so much about drugs. We never went near it. Oh, except for, I did have a little bit of pot, but I didn't inhale. <laughs> okay, so, um, so this is Paul Williams. He's the customs manager at Auckland Airport. He said that it's essential. He estimated that the that the seizure, rather, um, he, oh gosh, I've just about had a seizure. Um, the seizure could have created ninety five and a half thousand individual doses, and had a street value of six hundred and sixty nine thousand. Pacific Pesos, and not if not discovered, it, it could have caused $2 million in social harm. I don't know how they figure that one out. That's sort of like pick a number and multiply it. Um, and it says here on October 28th, Customs have, uh, they intercepted 28 and a, 28.8, or sorry, rather 25.8 kilograms of methamphetamine valued at 9 million Pacific Pesos. That's $9 million dollars from a 36-year-old Canadian national, and so he'll be rotting in Mount Eden jail at the moment, won't he? So there we are. Do not bring drugs into our country. We do not want it. No, we've got enough problems with our own people here making drugs. Now, um, United Kingdom, this woman is very upset. She's a 21-year-old. She's been slammed after buying her first home mortgage-free. She's one of those TikTok um, influencers. And she's got an empty bottle of champagne there pretending that it's full, celebrating. Uh, she's a young British woman and she's been slammed for negativity, negatively, neg- with negativity, I should say, after buying her first home mortgage-free. 21-year-old TikTok influence was being blasted with negative comments. People were saying, that I was bragging, showing off, said, her name is Katie Lee. Katie Lee Bailey, that's what she told Fox News. She said, the hate just got worse and worse and worse to the point where I felt guilty for doing such a a big accomplishment with my life. Well, I just probably might be a good idea not to. And she did it all on TikTok and Facebook, you know, social media. She's made all this money. So probably wouldn't be a good idea to brag. But good honor. And you know what I'd be asking? I mean, they all said, oh, you know, we can't even afford a pound of butter. Um, I would be asking, how did you do it? You know, what's your secrets? And you know, what I've found is, in life, and other people have found this, people that I rub shoulders with, that people that have done well in life, they're happy to tell you if you ask them, so what is it? What? How did you do this? Tell me what you did. They're actually happy to talk about themselves and how they got there. And so, why don't you just ask them? Ask, how did you do it? Because there are some tricks of the trade, aren't there? Yes, there are. It's quarter to six and we'll have TNT Radio News at six. Now we're here with the United Kingdom and we've already read this about the UK Prime Minister Sunak. He Sacks, the top minister for criticising police handling of the pro Palestinian March. And he's brought in David Cameron, I think, hasn't he? David Cameron? Would it be him? Didn't I say David Cameron before? Um Surely it wouldn't bring in him, would he? Oh he did. He's brought in Cameron. Uh, is it David Cameron? Yes, it is. He's brought in. Soon, Next, started to reshuffle his ministerial team. Former Prime Minister David Cameron was seen walking into Downing Street uh, sparking speculation that he would return to government. I say, we're not too sure yet. So, um, but I, I think that's what's happened. Now, more on the Roman Catholic Church here in religion. Um, oh boy, if you ever read the Alberto comics, if you go over to chick.com, that's C-H-I-C-K, it's um, like chicken, but Chick.com, there's some comics in there, and one of them's called the Alberto series. Very, very good. It's a Spanish Jesuit priest who spoke to um, the cartoonist uh, Jack Chick in California, and uh, he and this Spanish Jesuit, former Spanish Jesuit, became a Christian, a Bible-believing Christian, and so he told his story. And he used to, I think he, there was one of them where he was involved in a séance, and he's pretty scary actually. Not a séance, a um, an exorcism. So this Roman Catholic order, more allegations of the unauthorized exorcisms <laughs> concerned for child well-being emerges Christchurch Catholic Chapel conduct these ones. Uh, one man told News Hub uh, that he had two exorcisms without permission from the bishop so it just goes on it's just Roman Catholic mumbo jumbo really just nonsense Father Michael Mary and <laughs> listen to the names it's interesting isn't it Roman Catholics always that Michael Mary and Mother, Mother Mary and you know Peter Saint Peter Michael Mary denies the telling he, he said anyway the basically the gist of it is they're doing these exorcisms now you know what an exorcism is don't you it's when you apparently you cast devils out of someone and um, it, it happened in the Bible um but i'm i'm very dubious about it going on in this dispensation actually uh i think it was more those sorts of signs i believe were signs for the un, for the for the jews actually unbelieving jews um the jew require the bible says the jew requires a sign and the um the greeks seek knowledge so i don't i don't really think that i think it's all just devilish nonsense but of course we know that the roman catholic church is a counterfeit Uh, Christianity. I think I said the other day I said counterfeit religion. Well I suppose it is but it's really just a counterfeit Christianity it's not real Bible Christianity it's um, basically the enemy of the Lord's people here and they're responsible for the deaths of absolutely hundreds of millions of uh, Bible believing Christians and Jews as well. In fact they invented uh, the um, Muslim faith the Mohammedan faith and uh, they uh, wrote the Quran and they did that because they wanted to get the children Uh, Abraham's uh, children uh, through Ishmael who was uh, the son of Hagar who was an Egyptian handmaiden to Sarah and Abraham and so this Ishmael is the father of all the Arabs so all those people in Palestine there that are being held captive by Hamas not Israel captive by Hamas they are um, all the children they're just Arabs and Palestinian is an invented term, really. coins really made popular by Yasser Arafat, who was a double crossing, murdering swine. Uh, you couldn't trust him, and that's the thing. You know, they'll look at you. And I've, uh, on the website, Liberty NZ website, if you go, not website, if you go over to uh, the Facebook page, Liberty NZ, if you friend us, we'll friend you back. Uh, I think that's how it works. Friends, isn't it? F- friend or follow, we don't care. Everything's all open. You don't have to friend us because you know it's all there. Everything's public. Nothing goes out there privately. Everything's published publicly. Uh, there's, I think, there's an image there with of an Arab with a big smile, and then a uh, then the other shot is behind. He's got his hands behind behind his back. He's got a knife behind his back. You have got to be a bit careful with them. They're a bit tricky, a bit tricky. These Arabs. Oh, you 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 can't say that on the radio. Well, I just did, didn't I? Of course, I can. I just have. Okay. Uh, yep. I don't think we should be bringing too many Muslims into the country. I don't mind. Um, Arab Christians they can come in because they 've got uh, similar um, principles to us here in New Zealand, but uh, it 's all designed by, as I said by the globalists to um, bring in people that aren 't like us and uh, just to make life difficult and uh, cause disruption and that helps them see as crime increases, that helps the uh, world government bring in their new plan that get they get us to ask for help, how can you stop the crime? Well, well, we can do that. we can got full surveillance. Uh, you know, 5G on every lamppost and we can fully surveil you, cash the society, all of that. We, c- we can do that. So you'll be fine now, won't you? But that's not the way, actually. Just don't bring in people that aren't like us because if you do that, what happens is, uh, especially if you do it without asking us, I mean, 40, 50 years ago, you should have said to us, who do you want to be? But they never did. They didn't, didn't consult us and yet they claim to be representing the people. They have these electorates, and we go in and vote for them, but then they don't follow what we want them to do. They follow a foreign power. They follow things like the United Nations, the World Health Organization, these organ, these things, and with the World Economic Forum. They follow their plans, which are uh, designed to destroy the nation-state of every Western country. It's a war on the West, and bring it a one-world government. That's what they want to do, according to Dr. Robert Malone. And many others. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's there in their books. They want a world government, and they want us to all come under the authority of that. And you can see that happening now at lightning speed. And anyone that can't see that, you've really got blinders on, haven't you? I think so. Um, I think that's just about the end of the stories for News Hub. Yes, it looks as though it is the end. And so I'll be back in a moment with stuff and see what they've got on offer. And just when mammant.
6: We wanna feel like we've earned you and we had to work for you. I don't know why we're like this. As a man, it logically doesn't make sense. But we wanna feel like we got the best guy we could get. When there's two guys in front of us, right? There's two guys in front of us, and this guy is making us work for his commitment, and this guy is giving it away for free. We assume this guy is less valuable. Because it's like, why are you so willing to just give that away?
0: Okay, it's seven minutes to six. We'll have TNT Radio News at six. You'll here listening to the Liberty NZ podcast, or uh, well, we, it will be a podcast around about eight o'clock. The, every every program which goes starts from five till seven, Monday to Friday, Lord willing. Uh, you'll see on the podcast around about eight eight o'clock. It'll be there if you miss it miss this, and also we replay this here if you're streaming. Uh, it's, it'll probably be replayed around about five o'clock this afternoon, five till seven. Okay, we're over at Stuff.co.nz, and the national story there, the big, the big story there is I'm under attack. Man texts before falling to death. Two men uh, turned up in an apartment to steal money from a small-time cannabis dealer. I don't know if he's too small-time. Living in a on the 12th floor of a high-rise apartment in, in Auckland, it looked quite flash. Uh, he fell to his death from the balcony according to the Crown. So we'll have a quick look. I'll just, well, Maybe I'll just give you some headlines first and then we'll go back and, and decide which one we're going to have a look at because I want to get to some other... I don't think I'm going to make it. I'm not even going to get over to the international news if I don't hurry up. Accidental mix-up saw incorrect patient given urgent colonoscopy. <laughs> oh, after a woman's sedation had worn off, she was informed there had been a mistake. Nasty. And calls to get boosted avoid the Christmas parties. If sick... Uh, amid COVID spike, apparently. uh, Recent data suggests New Zealand is seeing a spike in the fake COVID virus uh, cases, prompting a call for Kiwis to take further steps to protect uh, others over the holiday season. More absolute uh, pandemic nonsense. Paramedics made a six-minute stop on the way to the Christchurch terror attack back in 2019. Specialist paramedics spent more than six minutes parked up and needed to be convinced to proceed, so in other words, they needed to be convinced that it was safe to proceed because they thought they might get shot by whatever was going on there. Whoever it was, um, whether it was just uh, Brenton, Brenton Tarrant on his own or whether there was others, there could be others. You'll have to watch Counterspin Media to find out, won't you? com are going to be revealing more and more of what's, what went on. They've got the information, that's why the police break, broke into their home to see what they had. <laughs> see what they are working on. Uh, So that was the Linwood Islamic Centre, and according to uh, an Australian police officer. I wonder what he knows about it. And a man in court after a young boy allegedly assaulted with a shovel during the protest, that was the Palestinian, so-called Palestinian, uh, Hamas, really, Hamas supporters versus Israeli. Um, I don't know why, first of all, why would you bring a shovel to an event? And why would you bring a six-year-old boy Uh, to uh, something like that, a protest. Why would you bring your six-year-old and a shovel? So that'll be interesting to see how that one turns out. Now, uh, more stories here. They've got uh, high-voltage shock leaves a father of three unable to hold his children. That's terrible. You just wouldn't believe what electricity can do to you, the mess it can make. Uh, A scaffolding company has been ordered to pay reparation to the father of three uh, who has... Uh, it's additional fine wiped now because they can't afford to pay. They're going to go broke. I just think that's not right. So therefore, they the people that are behind that company should uh, be uh, really they should go to prison for that. If but then you've got to say to yourself, what about personal responsibility? I mean, he was carrying uh, a pole, a scaffolding pole. This is a scaffolder uh, near high voltage lines. Wouldn't you think that you would just like be a bit careful? You know? I mean, I've put scaffolding up around high-voltage lines. We didn't have the power switched off. you just be careful. Just very careful. I mean, and the other funny thing is, I don't know how you get a shot, because I thought it was all insulated. I, I didn't think they just had bare wires anymore. It must have been a pretty old setup. Surely they should change all those old what bare wires. Anyway, so let's go to this uh, top story here. I'm under attack. Man text before falling to death. That is, um, we've got a picture here of, um, uh, where is this place? It's in Auckland, down right, I think it's, um. Uh, anyway, we'll get to that where it is. So this is what the guy said, he, he texted his mate, he said, I'm under attack. Those were the last words of a small-time cannabis dealer sent to a friend before he fell to his death from the 12th floor of the balcony. The crown have been told in the jury uh, yesterday as well. Uh, The um, amigo amigo uh, Jacobi Sinclair Berry, interesting name, and Lance Nielsen. They just look like a couple of marries to me. uh, Jointly charged with causing Joseph Tahana uh, by threats of fear and violence to end in an act of causing his death and thereby committing manslaughter gosh sorry about that, I that didn't make any sense maybe I read it wrong, anyway we'll press on they are also charged with burglary now the duo have, been, have pleaded not guilty to the charges on, on the, the uh, trial which is at the high court at the moment, now why Tahana climbed over the balcony will be the central focus of the trial prosecutor France, Francis Rhodes told the jury in an opening uh, opening the case for the Crown on Monday he he was, he fared of violence from the defendant when he climbed over, or the defendants rather, when he climbed over the balcony. That's why he went over there, that, coming in to get him. And they look pretty tough, got the tats all around. They look like, I wouldn't want them coming in. And they came at an early hour of the morning. What were they doing in the early hours of the morning, coming into your apartment building, coming in to get him? Now, the Crown case is for the purposes of the defendant's visit to Tahana. Yeah, why did they visit in the early hours of the morning? On February the 19th, 2022, it was there that the Crown says they were there to steal money from him. Tahana sold small amounts of cannabis to support himself and his child. Rhodes said Uh, Sinclair Berry and Nelson; these are the defendants. They were at an apartment in Epsom. They didn't know Tahana and didn't know uh, know him then, said Rhodes. The pair contacted two others the night. Uh, Hang on, have I gone and ducked down to the bottom of this thing? Uh, what does it say here? The pair contacted two others that night over text messages while making their way to Tahana's St Paul's Street apartment. Quite a nice little area of town, and that was an apartment building. And it said that we can just get we just get cash, not boh. What's that? Bohi. What's that? if they call it methamphetamine? This is what Sinclair Bear... There must be some some gang talk or something. Now, why would they go at 13 minutes past two in the morning? <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just go round for a cup of tea and have a chat. Uh, seven minutes later, the pair was seen on CCTV footage outside harness St Paul's Street apartment building. Access to the building is by swipe card, but Sinclair Berry managed to gain entry by a fire exit. So they came up there. The poor dude saw them come in. They broke into his place at 27 minutes past two in the morning. At uh, tw- uh, 20, rather, at 220 And then they were seen exiting it just a few minutes later. So the guy jumps over the rail, over the balustrade, and uh, he starts sort of edging himself along, holding on with his hands and fingers, and then he ended up falling to his death. And it was pretty much caused, wasn't it, by these blimmin' guys breaking into his building. Uh, So, just unreal, really. Mark Ryan... He is one of the, um, he is acting on behalf. I'd hate to be a lawyer having to act for people you know are guilty. I can just tell the guilty, just look at them. (laughs) What were they doing? What were they doing at two o'clock in the morning coming to your apartment? And the guy climbs over, obviously was frightened, so they're going to go away. If they get off that, if they get home detention for that, I'll be be furious. It's Mm -hmm. not on. Okay, we've got news coming up now, right now.
5: At 7.58 p.m. in the Georgetown neighborhood of Washington, D.C., Secret Service agents encountered possibly three individuals breaking a window on a parked and unoccupied government vehicle. During this encounter, a federal agent discharged a service weapon and it's believed no one was struck. The offenders immediately fled the scene in a red vehicle and a regional lookout was issued to supporting units. There was no threat to any protectees and the incident is being investigated by the D.C. Metropolitan Police Department and the Secret Service. A three-year-old American orphan is among the hostages being held by the Palestinian Hamas terrorist group after their barbaric October 7th raid on Israel. The toddler's parents were slaughtered by the terror group during the massacre last month They saw 1,200 civilians killed and around 200 people taken hostage, including at least nine U.S. nationals. The child's presence in Gaza amongst the hostages was revealed Sunday in a readout of a call between President Joe Biden and Amir Sheik, tamim bin Hamad Al Tani of Qatar, released by the White House. In the exchange, the president condemned unequivocally the holding of hostages by Hamas, including many young children, one of whom is a three-year-old American citizen toddler. Both leaders said all hostages must be released without further delay. Nigel Farage criticized the new Black Poppy after King Charles donned one, invented in 2010 to specifically honor Black servicemen killed in the world wars. The Black Poppy
3: below. I doubt many of the other media organizations will even pay attention to it. Perhaps some won't even notice it. But if they do, then the King has made an absolutely terrible mistake. Or more likely, far more likely, he's been told, wear that, because that'll show, you know, that you're sympathetic to all of the ethnic minorities and their families in the past who fought in the wars. Whoever advised the King ...to wear that black poppy should be sacked from Buckingham Palace and out of their job by tomorrow morning. It is a terrible thing to get the monarch to do.
5: Belgian Deputy Prime Minister Petra de Souter has said that Israel should face repercussions... ...for the massive civilian death toll from its anti-Hamas operation in Gaza. She proposed suspending Belgium's association agreement with Israel... ...and banning the import of products from the Israeli-occupied Palestinian territories... She added that officials and military personnel found guilty of war crimes should be banned from traveling to the EU. TNT Radio's Patrick Henningsen warns her threats of repercussions could be the first of
3: many. Now, this is one of the first times we've seen an official from a Western country or a major European country to even bring up a subject like this to threaten sanctions against Israel. So here you have the deputy PM of Belgium, and she's talking about trade restrictions, travel restrictions, and for good reason. Look at what's happening in Gaza right now. The Israeli government has been able to get away with what can only be described as a war crime. And not only that, a crime against humanity, the open bombing of Civilian areas indiscriminately, using a powerful Western and U.S. backed military to carry out what can only be described, according to the former director. He resigned recently from the UN High Commission on Human Rights. He called it a textbook case of genocide. And the Belgium deputy PM is now saying that we can't look away from this. Children are being slaughtered every day, and she could be the first of many. Now, if this happens, you might see some changes in the Israeli attitude when threatened with isolation from the rest of the Western world. For TNT Radio, this is Patrick Henningson.
0: Thank you, Patrick. Four minutes past six, and we'll have weather next. Now, is that clear? Have I've you ever... So have you ever seen
10: this? Now, look, here we go again. You practicing being an amateur QC... And that's actually repugnant. If you want to know how to become a good interviewer, get the facts first and put them, not going on a fishing expedition. Right. and then Well, let's focus more, Winston. Winston, let's focus more on you being a good interviewer. Well, you'd be a good talkback host as well. Paul, I'm saying to you and your colleagues, put up or shut up, or better still, how about apologising? do you see, Winston, that's what we're saying to you. Put up or You're shut up. You're not entitled to know whether Mary Bloggs gave a $50 donation and wanted it kept secret. Is that's $50 right. the biggest donation your party's ever received? Well, of course not. Now, Paul, you can do better than that. You suggested today that that money comes from cake stalls. There's a lot of cakes. Oh, I just gave an example of some uh, group of women who have raised 35000 I know it might sound demeaning to some of the high-flying Chardonnay-drinking journalists, but that's what ordinary people do. So it hasn't all come from cake stalls? <laughs> well, of course not. I see. If you're going to be stupid, Paul, and carry on with the second question before you get over the first hurdle... With that- Winston Peters, I thank you very much for joining us uh, this evening. That's, that's all order. he can do, isn't
0: it? That is all that Winston Peters can do, and that's Paul Henry. Beautifully handled. Paul? <laughs> Brilliant, actually. Winston Peters, I thank you very much. <laughs> but he just barks at you, doesn't he? Just argumentum ad hominem, you know... Can't you won't you you can't corner the guys. You're slippery as a I don't know. I won't say I'll get myself into more trouble. All right, six minutes past six, and let's go to the weather. Well, the uh, extremes at the moment: Christchurch and the foothills. The highest recorded temperature right now at this time of the morning 18.3. Waiuru, minus not minus almost minus. It's uh, 0.5, so it's got a bit cooler there. 0.5 degrees. And uh, the windiest place is still Wellington, so it must be difficult to bring those ferries in when it's blowing. But it's not that much, only 50 kilometres per hour, which is only about 20 knots, I think, isn't it? 50, 20, 20 knots, something like that. Probably gusting a bit more. Mount Cook's the wettest, but not as bad as it was yesterday. They had 10 to 15 down, way down on the south southland there. But Mount Cook's got 1.4 millimetres of rain. So it's as the um, as the bad weather moves up the coast, let's move across to weatherwatch.co.nz. And uh, let's check out what's happening there. Northwesterly f- airflow, it lies over the country today with a series of fronts moving north. Conditions are wetter in the west and will become wet. Uh, Drier in the east. Uh, they Hang on, they're wetter in the west and will become wet. <laughs> Don't know if I would write it like that. Uh, will become wetter. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, maybe that's what it means drier in the east though but you've got rain in the south from late afternoon for Northland, Auckland, Waikato and the Bay of Plenty mostly sunny with some high cloud showers move on to the Waikato late afternoon then evening Uh, north uh, later evening and overnight. You've got northwesterly winds and they're going to be changing to westerly overnight. High today, 20, 22 degrees. For the North Island, including the central part of the North Island, showers turn to rain in the morning. Heavy for Taranaki. Clearing away late afternoon. Strong northerlies change to west and then to northwest later around midday high today of 16 to 20 degrees. For the eastern North Island, sun and uh, sun developing, high cloud as well. Spits of rain spreading onto the Wairarapa around midday and then further north later in the afternoon and evening with northwesterlies 19 to 25 degrees for you. In Wellington, spits turn to rain in the morning and then clearing in the afternoon. A strong gale force northerlies changed to northwest. Well it doesn't seem like that. It's only fifty not, fifty kilometers per hour and that's not really gale. You're high today for Wellington seventeen to eighteen degrees. In the South Island, Marlborough and Nelson, rain clearing in the afternoon with sun breaking through as strong northerlies change to westerly, highs of twenty to twenty four degrees. Canterbury, early cloud clears, and then mostly sunny, and clouds with north westerlies. Ah, but you've got some tending southerly in the morning south of Banks Peninsula about the coast, and then, then it's going to go easterly in the afternoon, and that usually brings rain. Uh, that's going to be later in the evening or overnight with southerlies freshening with cloud. 22 to 24 degrees. On the west coast, uh, morning heavy rain for Buller, easing to showers, and then sun breaks through the afternoon. Further, uh, further, 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 further south uh, showers ease with sunny, I think I might have had a stroke just then. We'll be right. Keep it going. Uh, further south, showers with sunny spells developing. Southland, uh, well, for f- Fjordland, uh, you're going to see what? See a few uh, new rounds of heavy rain. So this is, I am dyslexic. And sometimes um, everything just goes haywire. <laughs> <laughs> as I'm reading. <laughs> so it's, thanks for putting up with me. Uh, anyway, Fjordland sees a new round of heavy rain that move from late afternoon. It's going to move move in from late afternoon. Westerly winds 14 to 17 is your high. Right at the bottom of the South Island there in Otago and Southland, you've got a mix of sun and cloud for Southland. Otago's mostly sunny. From late afternoon for Southland into the evening for Otago, and then rain moves through, possibly heavy and gusty northwesterly. So to Westley with the rain easing overnight 17 to 22 degrees for you it's 10 past six and uh, let's go and see what's going on let's go and see what's going on with um, more news i'll just make my way back to the turntable oh haven't shut the whole thing down have i no we're right hey this is interesting this is just a trailer This is what Dr. Sam Bailey does. She does these trailers, and then if you want to see the rest of it, you've got to go to Odyssey or Rumble. Odyssey, is, I think that's her main one.
9: As many of you are aware, a few weeks ago, my husband Mark and I joined a group of 20 doctors and scientists who put their names to the Settling the Virus debate statement. Interestingly, this two-page document appears to have acted like a hand grenade for some of the personalities in the health freedom movement. These individuals who believe that the existence of pathogenic viruses is an established fact have proceeded to lash out a bit. They've also attempted to distract from the central tenant of our statement, being that virology had failed to carry out scientifically controlled experiments. In reality, it is clear that the virologists have not shown that their techniques of quote viral cultures, genomics and clinical diagnostics are valid even on their own terms. So let's have a look at what the statement is all about and why it is creating a few ripples.
0: Okay, and so what you've got to do there is you go over to Odyssey and you look up Dr. Sam Bailey and you can see the rest of that uh, wonderful little, um, I think it's about, I think it goes for, um, I've, got, I've actually got it here, Dr. Sam Bailey, uh, one on antibiotics. They normally go for 15 minutes, thereabouts, and are well worth having a look at. Uh, is Dr. Sam okay? It's twelve minutes past six, and now we're over at the New Zealand Herald. You can find them at nzherald.co.nz. Former Ghana striker Raphael Duamina, he has died after collapsing during an Albanian Super League football match. The Albanian Football Federation confirmed the death of the twenty-eight-year-old Duamina, and uh, the footage on social media appeared to show the player by himself and falling over uh, uh, on the field. In the twenty-fourth minute of the match between his uh, team Ignacia and Partizani, I think it is Partizani. Yeah, the other players they rushed over to him. Despite immediate medical intervention, the federation said that the player unfortunately passed away. Yeah, now you've got to ask yourself, was he was he jabbed? Now it says here it goes on about all you know. Everyone's very sad about it, and rightly so as well. It's a terrible thing that's just happened. Um, but it says he had no details over a possible cause were given by the Albanian Federation, but local media reports focus on the player's previous heart problems. Uh, but when did that start? Well, it started at one game in 2021. Hmm. And he was hospitalized with heart problems. Hmm. When did they start jabbing people? Was it was it 19... T- 2021, I wonder if there's got anything to do with it. I, I wonder if there could be some cause no mention here of course. That it could have been caused by, you know, the um, medical uh, intervention that we been f- that we were forced to take and then they said oh no it was your own choice. He had to do it if he wanted to play and move around internationally. So, you know, he's a very good player. He's played for some fantastic teams and now he's dead. He's dead because you um, because I'll guarantee it's what what did it? It's because he's been caused to take an experimental biological agent and it wasn't safe for him. He got a bad batch. People go on and say, oh, well, I've had my boosters. I've been, oh, I'm fine. I don't know anybody. Um, but we do. there's a lot of us that do know a lot of people that have been injured. I know someone just lives up the road. Granddaughter just about died. The hospital, we went to the hospital with her. She was only 14. He said, gosh, the initial, the initial response was, if you have another one, you'll die. It'll kill you. And then the hospital officials came in and said, oh, no, it must be something wrong with you. It must have been some pre- pre-existing condition, which was absolute nonsense. And the parents said she's a perfectly healthy, thought she was, a perfectly healthy 14-year-old. And then after the jab, had a heart rate of almost 200 beats per minute. And felt and she was shaking like she had Parkinson's disease. Now, now we've seen quite a bit of that, haven't we? Isn't it Casey Hodgkin? Wasn't she, doesn't she shake? And isn't that, that other guy, what's his name, the, uh, the actor, who's bodybuilder, sort of a muscle, muscle guy, uh, doesn't he shake and carry on like that as well? It's very interesting. Uh, I think there's a lot more to it. And how come the all-cause mortality rate's gone through the roof? I mean, it's gone up since 2020. I wonder what happened. Must be, hmm, something's happened anyway. Not quite sure. Everyone's in denial, aren't we? We're all in denial. I'm not, but many people are. They just cannot accept that possibly uh, that we've been purposely injected with something that's going to shorten our lives. Hard to believe, isn't it? But, I mean, governments have done worse things, and I'm not saying that everyone in our government knew what was going on, but they all go along with it. That's the thing, isn't it? Everybody goes along with things. And most people aren't most people are actually just spectators of life very few people are actually participants and go hang on a minute what's going on here hey, we're not doing this most people just go along with, with everything you know someone else said it and they go oh it must be right uh, my doctor friend I wouldn't go to him but anyway he. Um, I, was, I was going to tell you a story about him actually I'll tell you that in a minute but um, he basically, I said, what's the story? And he goes, with the, you know, with the COVID thing, and he goes, oh, well, I just I just followed what someone else said who I respected, another, another doctor. Uh, anyway, and so this particular person, I remember asking him, and I think I might have told you this, stop me if I have. <laughs> um, he said, what do you want to, I said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And, um, you know, when you finished your studies in your early 20s, I think I have mentioned, I've mentioned this, I won't mention it again. Anyway, basically, I will mention it, just now I'm, I've started it, haven't I? So um, he said, oh, I think I'll become a skin specialist. they um, You keep giving them creams. They don't get any worse. They don't get any better. They just keep coming back for more. Doesn't sound very good, does it, really? I don't think that's how medicine works shouldn't work that way uh all right we'll go to the jerusalem post shall we we'll do that in just a moment because i've just about done the local news to death
7: at meta we're very excited to be launching threads and i don't mean to brag but it's going to be the twitter killer checkmate elon 70 million users wow that's pretty good damn it looks like threads is dying Daily users are down by 70% to just 13 million with an average use of just four minutes per day on the app. And it looks like Twitter is at 200 million users per day with 30 minutes of use on the app. Huh. Why the hell is Elon calling Twitter X now?
0: Is that because it's X-rated? You could be. 17 past six here at Liberty NZ Breakfast with Grant Edwards. We're over at the Jerusalem Post. You can find them at jpost.com. Strikes in Lebanon ramps up Gaza. 1,200 Israelis murdered since October 7th, including 363 soldiers, 239 held hostage by Hamas, four hostages released, one rescued. Uh, That is the heading there. The IDF attacks have broken effectiveness of 10 to 24 Hamas battalions. That's good. IDF soldiers kill 21 terrorists in Al kurds hospital in Gaza City. It's because that's where they're all hiding, you see. And the law is, you know, I mean, you're not allowed to attack hospitals, but if you've if they're being used uh, for military purposes, then you are, according to the Geneva Convention. So people love to read things uh, and not get the full just of the story. A terrible desecration of God's name. Satmar Rebbe, he condemns anti-Israel protesters. Absolutely. Donald Trump's oldest sister, Miriam Trump, Barry, she dies aged 86 in New York City. This is just on the front page, front page stories. These are the breaking news. Gaza death toll reaches 11,240, including 4,630 children, according to Hamas. So, if you can believe that, now the Knesset—that is, the Israeli Parliament—they they approve a bill granting posthumously, posthumous, I always Struggle don't know with that one, uh, citizenship uh, to fallen. So that's good. So people that have come over to Israel to fight and they've fallen—that's what they call it—they've died in ac- been killed in action. They get citizenship. Straight away, so that means that you know there are other families can come to Israel. I mean, I think if I was a Jew, and I'm not a Jew, but I think if I was, uh, I would be heading to Israel. I would be going there to fight. Yeah, I would, and I think I'd be safer there, with Israel, than I would be in New Zealand, which is highly anti-Semitic. And I've got friends that years ago, back in the nineties. Told me like one friend, David, a Jewish guy. I said, "Well, oh, why are you leaving, going to Israel? You know." And I, I knew, you know, because God's called you back. But he, he was a non-believing Jew, didn't believe in God, uh, just Jewish. That's you know, his mother's a Jew, uh, but not a religious Jew. And he's going there, and he said, "Well, because it's just," he said, "it's just really anti-Semitic here in this country, a lot of hatred towards Jews." And I didn't know that. I wouldn't have I wouldn't imagine it for a minute but apparently he felt it back then back in the 1990s mid, mid to yeah mid to sort of towards the 2000s uh, so he felt that all right so yeah so yeah and I think I would I would leave. definitely now, gosh I wouldn't want to stay in I wouldn't want to stay in any western country I think it's very uh, very dangerous and I can see clouds on the on the horizon, I think we're going to have trouble because we've imported too many Mohammedans into our country. And that's the whole idea, isn't it? Just to create unrest. The Israelis, the Jewish people, rather, have brought so much good, so much blessings to our country uh, in business and in, um, you know, um, giving money to... um, you know, to to our country, to support us here in this country. They've done wonderful. And the Croatians have done great as well, wonderful work here in this country. Um, I don't know if I can say that about every race that's come here, but definitely the Jews have done great things for our country. They have been a blessing, just as the Bible says that they'll be a blessing. And there's a warning in the Scriptures. I think it's in Genesis twelve three it says if you curse the descendants of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, which is the Jews and people are out there, even Christians are out there pretending that they're not. And I asked the question, I said, Well where if they're not the Jews of Israel now, the one and they're not the ones that, you know, the Ashkenazi which are basically German Jews, European Jews, if it's not them, then who are they? And no one can answer that. All they can do is say, you know, the Rothschilds. And even if Rothschild was as bad as they're saying that they are, Rothschilds and the Rockefellers and, you know, all those Jewish people, even if they were bad, does that mean that the whole, you know, all the Jews are bad as well? Because that's kind of what it sounds like, doesn't it? Doesn't sound right to me. And so you know I just read the bible and it says if you bless the bless the jewish people god will bless you if you curse them god will curse you and i don't believe he's given up on his people he's punished them punished them right through for thousands of years when they go against his will he has punished them and he's used their enemies to punish them but he says he'll never forsake them not entirely and um you know it's an everlasting covenant he's made with them and so, you know, if you believe the Bible, how can you possibly imagine that the, the Israelis that are there now aren't the children of the promise, that the promised land, including all of Gaza, and much, much more, you can find that in Exodus, all the promises, that were promised to Abraham, that were promised to Isaac, his child, and his son as well, Abraham's grandson, Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel. And we had an Arab fellow on there earlier, you know, basically supporting what I've just told you it's incredible the lies that are told you know the Israelis have been around well there's never been a Palestinian state the word Palestinian as I said before it's basically they're just Arabs and um, Yasser Arafat was the one that really coined the phrase there's never been a Palestinian state ever it has been about three um, Israeli kingdoms all through the Bible and you know you had that Angelina Jolene coming out and slamming the Isra- Is- Israelis for you know defending themselves and then her father John Voigt, he's a great guy we've had him I've had him here on this per- well not personally speaking to him but um, he's pretty good he was a leftist and now he's conservative and so he was slamming his own daughter publicly we've had that in the last 24 hours anyway We're still over at the the Jerusalem Post. And uh, so, what else have we got here? Israeli killed on October the 7th, denied Jewish burial due to halu, looks like haluic status. I'm not sure what that means. I suppose I could go and have a look. Does it tell you? Uh, Poor girl. Gosh, she's only 21. Oh, she had to be buried outside the... So it's obviously she's not. She's the wrong faith. Uh, she wasn't allowed to be buried where she wanted to be buried. She had to bury her outside for some reason. Okay, I don't understand that. So I don't know enough to comment on anything like that. All I do know is what the Bible tells me. And it tells me that the um, the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were promised all the land of Israel. And that it's not called Palestine... Palestine was invented by the Rome, uh, Romans. They tried to change the name of it. So they did. They changed the name to try and destroy and to, to wipe the name of Israel off the map. Now, who'd want to do that? The Bible says the Jews will be hated by all nations. Well, they certainly are. <laughs> That's why I think, well, they could be the ones that are in the, they're the children of the promise, and that land is the promised land. And uh, I don't know. It's been pretty weird to me. It can't be anyone else. No one's been able to tell me who these mysterious Jews are if it's not the Jews. And Paul said he was a Jew from the tribe of Benjamin. And it, just because, you know, you know, just they're saying, oh, you've got to be from Judah, uh, the tribe of Judah, they, they're the Jews. Well, that's just not true. Paul was a Benjamite and he was considered himself a Jew. So I think it comes down to people that believe the Bible, the Word of God, and people that don't. And I think there are Christians there, mostly charismatic Christians, who have jettisoned the Scriptures. They don't believe that it is actually the words of the living God. They don't believe that the promises that God will preserve the words forever. Uh, it says that in, um, in not to change it, Deuteronomy 4.2, Psalms 12.6 and 7. If you've got a King James Bible, if you've got the new Bibles, it's completely, um, completely corrupted in verse 7. Uh, it's, it's referring to the words of God and yet moves away from the words of God and starts talking about God preserving the people it doesn't say that, the context is the words it says the words of the Lord will be preserved for eternity Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. That's a promise of the preservation of the Scriptures. It doesn't say that he'll preserve the language, the Hebrew, or whatever it was written in, we don't know. Moses, what did he write the first ones in? Could have been hieroglyphic. There's no evidential foundation that the New Testament was written in Greek. Everyone says it was. Maybe it was. Maybe it wasn't. There's lots and lots of... uh, different languages that it is that they have copies of no one knows what the autographs are people go on about the the originals (laughs) what originals there ain't none there's none how would you know how would you know it's original do you think jesus was reading from an original scroll when he spoke of the temple as a young probably 12 year old of course not because what happens the bibles the scrolls the text they get wear out so you've got to make copies but god promised to preserve not the manuscripts nor the language he said i'll preserve my words and jesus said the words that i say unto you they are spirit and they are life and in matthew 24:35 he said a very important thing this is after he was telling them about what it's going to be like towards the end of this age this dispensation and he was actually talking to the jews then too in matthew 24 about what it's going to be like. That's why he said, you know, every eye shall see him. That's the second advent of Christ. The first advent is when he meets the believers in this dispensation in the air. First Thessalonians 4, 1 Corinthians 15. You'll find that. That's Handel's Messiah, 1 Corinthians 15. That's the words, King James Bible words of the scripts of Handel's Messiah. It's going to meet you in the air. So, anyway, um, people don't believe the Bible, do they? They don't believe what it says. Christians don't believe it, they've jettisoned the scriptures. Now Jesus, like I was saying in Matthew twenty four, at verse thirty five he says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. And you've got to ask yourself, if you're a Bible believing Christian, you say you're a you know, you say you're a Christian, well our foundation document is the Word of God, isn't it? Two things you've got to ask yourself. What exactly are we referring to when we say the Word of God? What is the Bible? that's a good question. What is the Bible? Is it the New World Translation, which says Jesus is a, a God? Is it the new versions that's, that take out verse 37 of Acts, chapter, Acts 8, verse 37, which is the salvation verse of the eunuch, which he said, where he said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and then he was baptized? Is it that? Is it those new versions? So what is the Bible? So you've got to identify what is the Bible, and then when you've identified what the words of God are that were promised to be preserved forever, then you should follow it, shouldn't you? And, you know, I talk about the necessary elements of a divine revelation. What must it possess, this book claiming to be the words of God, what must it possess to convince thinking people, never mind lunatics, but thinking people that it is what it claims to be. And you know, most Christians have no idea what the necessary element of a divine revelation is, the necessary elements. I've, I've got some. First of all, it needs to be available. What's the point of writing le- letters to your children? And, you know, we are the children of God. Why would you write letters to them if you, and, and not make it available? So it's got to be availability. It has to be one of the elements of a divine revelation. If there is a God, The second one would be, it would have to be uh, understandable, so comprehensible. It would have to be comprehensive, have everything that we need to know in it. Some things might be difficult to comprehend to, getting back to the comprehension one. Some might be difficult, but with a bit of study you should be able to figure it out. So we've got three there, available, comprehensible, and um, uh, comprehensive. So it should have everything that we need to know in it. What else would it need? Something that would convince people, something you could prove outside of the Bible itself, or the book, whatever book you decided was going to be the supernatural, the, um, rather, the um, the, the div- a divine revelation. I believe it's the King James Bible, but today, I don't know where it was before then, might have been in some other book in a different language, don't know. Um, but I believe that's what it is. But there need to be a supernatural element to it, wouldn't there? Something that, No one could know something, some prophecy in the future. How about a 500-year, a prophecy that happened uh, over a 500-year time span from when a commandment went forth to build Jerusalem until the day that Jesus Christ rode into the city of Jerusalem on a donkey was exactly 483 years to the day, Jewish calendar years. That's a 360-day, it's a lunar year. How about that? How about a prophecy like that? From when when a Persian prince, Geminus, gave a commandment to build Jerusalem, was exactly 483 years to the day. And then, how would you stop somebody uh, sort of counterfeiting that? You know, saying, "Oh, it's exactly we're up to 483 years today, so we'll send our man in, our coming prince," because it says that the coming prince he will he will come on this after. 483 years, but it doesn't say it like that, it says it in code. God put it in code so it couldn't be copied. 69 weeks, and after 69 weeks, Messiah the Prince shall come and he shall be cut off. And you can prove that that event, when that commandment went forth, you can prove it outside of the Bible in the Persian history books. And the best book to get to do that, you can get it free online, it's a PDF. It's a book by Sir Robert Anderson, and it's called The Coming Prince and there it details the prophecy found in Daniel chapter 9 of Daniel's 70 weeks and you can verify it and Sir Robert Anderson wrote that book he calculated that when Long Geminis gave that commandment I think Nehemiah to build Jerusalem was exactly 483 Jewish calendar years which was 69 weeks of years a week doesn't always mean a week of days can also mean a week of years it's just seven that's all it means And it was exactly that. And the royal astronomer, who was a non-Christian, a non-believer, I don't know what he was, whether he was a druid or what, but he verified Robert Anderson's work. The royal astronomer, no less. And so his work is irrefutable. And I ask Christians, do you know about this? Because it's the only supernatural element in the Bible that you can prove. You can't prove all the other things. You can't prove that uh, Psalms uh, 22, where Jesus talks about the wounds that he would suffer, and uh, that they cast lots for his vesture, which is basically what happened uh, at the crucifixion found in the Gospels. You can't prove that that wasn't written after, even though we believe that it was written 700 years, a thousand years before Psalms 12, um, Psalms 22. What's another prophecy? Isaiah 53? Can't prove that. That's a prophecy of the Messiah but you can with Daniel chapter 9 you can prove that you can prove it outside of the Bible in the Persian history books and, and where they're located and what they're called is detailed in Sir Robert Anderson's book as I've said The Coming Prince available free to you you don't even have to go out and buy it you can download it free just type it in The Coming Prince Sir Robert Anderson and you can, there it is it's there for you to read and who was Sir Robert Anderson? And why would he be? Why would he know? Always oh, a knight. He must be a. He must be a, a mason, maybe. I don't know. Um, probably. But anyway, who is he? Well, he was the Assistant Commissioner of Scotland Yard. He would know a thing or two. This is in the late nineteenth century. He would know a thing or two about you know trying to get the truth, wouldn't he? Detective. He was head of the CID the Criminal Investigation Department at Scotland Yard and Assistant Commissioner and so I think that he would be someone uh, who would be well placed to get to the truth to listen to all the witnesses and find out what the truth is in this matter and his work on Daniel's 70 weeks is irrefutable no one has been able to refute it and there is that is the supernatural element and that is why I believe that the authorised version the authorised Bible of 1611 texts and there's been many copies made since then and many printers errors have been sorted out but I believe that that is the word of God today because it possesses oh and the other one is um, inerrant, I forgot to mention that inerrancy would have to be one of the elements because God is perfect I mean if Jesus is the word of God the living word of God if he'd gone and you know looked at Mary Magdalene as to lust after her would he have still been able to die for all our sins he said himself that a man looks at a woman to lust after her he's committed adultery with her in his heart adultery is a sin that's one of the ten commandments can't commit adultery not to covet your neighbor's wife. And so he wouldn't be able to, would he? He's the living word of God. So therefore, the written word of God has to be perfect. It has to be inerrant at the word level. Otherwise, it fails the test of being one of the elements of a divine revelation. And all the other holy books, so called, the Vedas, um, you know, the writings of um, Muhammad, what are they called, the Hadiths, or whatever it's called, I think it is, um, the Qurans, there's more than one, different version. Um, none of them possess those elements. There's just so many mistakes in them. All the new versions, riddled with errors and contradictions. But I can't find a single error after many years of study in the authorised version, even though I went with, you know, kicking and screaming I don't want to believe that old book but I I can't fault it it possesses all the necessary elements of being what it claims to be a divine revelation from the creator of heaven and earth
5: how much do people have to kind of date around to find somebody though? Because it does take a bit of exploration to find somebody you're compatible with. So by what age should people have figured it out? Because I mean, there's always the grass looks greener. So at some point, maybe you should just settle
9: down. But what are your thoughts on that? No
7: matter who you find, they're going to be full of flaws like you are. And so a lot of it is something you create. You want to find someone you can trust and someone that you're attracted to and perhaps someone who shares the same ambitions. And then pretty much all of it after that is what you create rather than what you find. And I'm not suggesting that this is necessarily a desirable alternative. There are many cultures that arrange marriages, and those arranged marriages frequently work. It's not obvious that they work less frequently than relationships or marriages that are predicated on romantic attraction. Don't overestimate the degree to which you have to find someone versus create the relationship. That's your destiny. There's no justice ahead of any of us. There's only sky above us. You're all meat bone protoplasm bobbing along the surface of the cosmos nothing significant about you whatsoever there is no such thing as male any longer it's what you like there's no such thing as female any longer it's whatever you please if you want to say that you're a cat then you're a kitty if you want to call yourself fluffy so be it there's no right there's no wrong and the most famous atheist on the planet richard dawkins wrote a book called The God Delusion, earlier he wrote a book called River Out of Eden, and in that book, this is what he says about what you're taught in our educational institutions today. The result of evolutionary biology, random mutations, unguided, unpurposed, he says this.
0: What does he say? I want to know what he says. Why did it end so quickly? Oh dear, oh dear. 21 minutes to 7, let's go over to international news and see what's happening there. Reuters.com, and uh, we find that the Republican presidential contender Nikki Haley's campaign is uh, reserving $10 million in advertising. Gosh, they must have a lot of money to splash about. Uh, That's according to her campaign uh, person who released that information overnight uh, as she tries to scoop up supporters' of the U.S. Uh, Senator Tim Scott, a fellow South Carolina uh, who has dropped out overnight. Uh, no, the day before, dropped out on Sunday, their time, which would be Monday, our time. And Canada, Magna International, has uh, reached a tentative agreement with Unifor. 4 a company spokesperson said on Monday, the latest in a series of deals struck by the North American uh, labor unions following their tough stance over wages and working conditions. I don't know, does anyone know anything about that? And here we are in Dubai. Dubai carriers threw down the gauntlet to emerging regional rivals with more than $50 billion of Boeing jet orders on Monday, as competition intensifies to secure dwindling supplies of long-haul jets and anticipated growth of international travel. Jordan's King Abdullah rejects any plans by Israel to occupy parts of Gaza, or to create security zones within the enclave, saying the root cause of the crisis was Israel's denial of Palestinians' legitimate rights uh, Mexico's central bank governor said the newspaper interview published on Monday uh, that easing inflationary pressure meant the Bank of Mexico would start looking at gradually cutting its key interest rates but that it was unlikely to happen this year and a drug, we've got Manila a fierce critic of former Philippine president Rodrigo Duterte, I always struggle with his name too, Bloody War on Drugs, he's a a lot of people like him though, a lot of people wear his little armband, I've, I know people that go over there and uh, visit there quite often, and uh, they wear a little sort of like a wristband I should say, and it's got his, got his name on it, so he's, apparently he's pretty popular. Uh, he is, anyway. So, anyway, so it says he walked free on Monday. So what was that? The former Philippine president Duterte's bloody war on drugs walked free on Monday after a court granted her bail nearly seven years after she was jailed for criminal charges she always denied. Fierce critic. OK. Right. Who Who is it, though? It doesn't just say who it is, does it? Hmm. And United Airlines will resume flights to Israel uh, airlines uh, corrects Israel flight status and is not resuming service. Oh, well, they're not going to. Oh, think it's staying out of it. I think it's probably a good idea. I think things are <laughs> be pretty dangerous. I don't know. I'd fly in. If, I think, I don't know, if I was a Jew right now, I'd be over there. Apparently, with the reservists, they had a, a reservist call up. So everyone when, in Israel, when you're 18, you go, you've got to go and serve until you're 21. 18, 19, 20, 21. Three years. And I've met these young Israelis before. Um, when I've been traveling overseas, I've met them, and they do, you know, they're around about 21. They've just finished their service, and um, uh, they're called reservists. So, they and you, I think, you're you are uh, sort of signed up to be a reservist until you're in your 50s, as far as I know. Um, but they've had people, they've had 120. One reporter I heard it was 150% of people just joining, they had so many people that are coming to fight, Israelis that want to fight, and people from all over the diaspora, Jews wanting to protect the homeland, that they didn't have enough food and uniforms for them all. And so you had to get, Israelis were just baking, you know, and cooking, cooking meals and having them delivered to these people that are sort of in the um, mustering area before they are deployed and hundred, I think we'll go with one hundred and twenty. That's the least of the two figures that I've heard. That's a lot, isn't it? An awful lot. Hard to believe. Um, yep. Yeah. Now, anyway, let's get back to the. Um, well, it's wonderful to believe, actually. It's wonderful. That just goes to show you the the patriotism of the Israelis. And you know, another thing about Israel, you don't hear about crazy things that happen like they happen here in, in America. Of people walking into, you know walking into um, restaurants and killing people, you know, like mache- you know, firing guns at people, innocent people, school shootings and stuff like that. You don't have that in Israel. And I don't know, do you have it in Japan? doesn't seem to happen there either. So what is it? What is it about the Israelis that they don't have that? The only violence, and this is one of the things I remember, I was sitting in a cafe having a, a coffee with a young Israeli who'd just finished his three years in the Israeli Defence Force, and he said, I said, what about crime? He said he lived in Tel Aviv, his father's a real estate agent in Tel Aviv. And um, I said, what about crime? And he said, there's no crime in Tel Aviv. This is in 1996. There's no crime in Tel Aviv. None whatsoever. And I said, really? He goes, yeah, the only crime that's committed are the Arabs that come in. There's no Israeli, there's no Jewish crime. That's what he says. That was back then, in 96. I couldn't believe it. And he was dead serious. Yeah. Okay, now we've got a cyber hack of Industrial and Commercial Bank of China, US broker dealer was so ex- uh, was so extensive on Wednesday, even the corporate email stopped working and forced employees to switch to Google Mail, according to two people familiar with the situation. Blimey, that's interesting, isn't it? Okay, and Donald Trump Jr is to testify for the second time in his father's civil trial. That's in uh, is that in New York, I think it is. And then we've got um, whereabouts is that uh, Reuters? Yeah, Donald Trump Jr. testified on Monday uh, about what he called the sexiness of his father's real estate portfolio. That's an I don't know if I'd use those terms. Uh, the second time he's been called to the stand of former U.S. president's civil fraud trial, Donald Trump, the front runner for the 2024 Republican presidential nomination is accused, along with his two adult sons and ten of his and ten accomplices, of inflating his net worth by as much as $2.2 billion to secure better financing. And uh, I think the lawsuit by the New York Attorney General Letitia James, seeking at least $250 million in damages, as well as restrictions that would effectively bar Trump and his adult sons from New York real estate industry. I mean, that's just unbelievable. I mean, you look at the skyline of New York. I mean, it's it's Trump. He's built New York. It was a terrible place. Terrible, and he just got in there from an early age in the late seventies, I think it was, mid mid to late seventies, and just changed the whole the whole skyline. Uh, it's hard to believe. Uh, in response to questioning from his lawyer, Clifford Robert. Donald Jr. spoke at length about his father's business acumen, saying the sexiness of his real estate projects attracted licensing deals that other developers wanted to emulate his style. And so that is that lawyers for James offices they objected to the line of questioning as irrelevant, but Justice Arthur Egoron he disagreed. Let him go on and talk about how great the Trump organization is. <laughs> And uh, Donald Trump Jr., uh, Donald Jr. rather, has uh, already been called as a witness by the Attorney General's office, along with his father and a brother Eric Trump. His sister Ivanka Trump also testified, but not as a defendant. She testified there, and she basically said, oh, "I don't know, don't know about." Well, she couldn't remember; it was a long time ago. She was quite young. Okay, it's 14 minutes to 7, and uh, we'll, I'll just have a think about what else we're gonna do, and uh, I'll be back in a minute.
8: We wanna feel
6: like we've earned you and we had to work for you. I don't know why we're like this. As a man, it logically doesn't make sense. But we wanna feel like we got the best guy we could get. When there's two guys in front of us, right? There's two guys in front of us, and this guy is making us work for his commitment and this guy is giving it away for free, we assume this guy is less valuable. Because it's like, why are you so willing to just give that away?
7: From beach towels to tea towels, and from mugs to water bottles, the TNT shop has it all. Browse our shop now at tntradio.live.
9: I actually knew someone and I was working as an estate agent, and there was a guy who left working as an estate agent because he realized he could make just as much money off of the benefit system being at home with his three kids as he could being at work. It's like, if we're going to reward people for doing nothing, nothing. then they're going to do nothing.
0: Yes, that is so true. Okay, Uh, and that's what's happening in our country, isn't it? Former television presenter Liz Gunn published a video update yesterday. Now, that was back at the end of last month, the actual fact. I'm over at expose-news.com. Expose, Expose, looks like a minus sign, hyphen, news.com. Uh, Former TV presenter Liz Gunn published a video update describing an instance of one clinic in New Zealand where 30 people received a COVID injection and all 30 of them have died within the same time frame. Liz Gunn, Elizabeth Cooney is her maiden name uh, or former name. She's now Liz Gunn. She became internationally renowned for her support for the family of the baby Will. In the baby Will case where two parents objected to the use of COVID vaccinated blood. In transfusion fusions, they didn't object to the to the operation. They just wanted pure blood. But of course, the media have got that and turned it inside out and made it sound like they didn't want them to have any transfusion, which was just an absolute propagandist, just a just a snaky lie. The parents were unsuccessful in their court action to oppose health authorities seeking guardianship to allow surgery to go ahead. Well, in America, that would go against the constitution that parents have. The right, but here they want it, the state. They want it, it's communism basically. They want to take control of your kids, so you have you have to look after them. You've got the burden of looking after them, and, but you're not allowed. You don't have any say over them. The, um, the the government takes that. The state has control over your own children, which is outrageous. At the end of June 2023, Gunn launched a political party, and she called it New Zealand Loyal. And uh, discrimination and harassment of baby will. Of the baby in New Zealand shows there is no limit to uh, it says here, covodians, covidians intent on death and destruction. And baby Will's case raises the critical question what is science and who is an expert? Before and recently held elections, before the rather recently held elections, Gunn was contacted by a whistleblower and given documentation showing that tens of thousands of New Zealanders' deaths are linked to an injection. Or the injection, this is just one of the sites re- uh, recording this type of information in New Zealand. she said we uh, we don 't know how many further databases like this are in the country, according to Liz Gum. She explained that that because the number of deaths is usually uh, less than the number of those suffering from ill effects of the injections, then the uh, extrapolation of the numbers have been Injured and killed starts to become, frankly, eye-watering. Uh, the data shows that there are clusters of deaths. People who attended the same jab site and were jabbed with one after the other uh, are a c- consecutive times on the same day. What people who attended the same jab site and were jabbed one after the other at consecutive times on the same day, we saw their date jab and we saw their date of death, according to Gum. This is what she's seen. Uh, She gave one of the many examples to illustrate the point. She said here, on one day, 30 people were jabbed at the same day, uh, same day at the same location, and all are now deceased, and their deaths are in close temporal time, proximity, and each other, she said. We are calling for an inquiry, not just any inquiry. We want a full-blown criminal investigation leaving no stone unturned. According to Liz, and that came out on the um, towards the end of October, uh, but I think since then the whistleblower has got the Tatars, and uh, I don't think that whistleblower is now wanting to come go ahead, and because they, I think they realise just that just what's going to happen to them. So uh, I'm not sure what's happened there. So we'll keep. It's called the mother of all. If you actually if you go over to Rumble, you'll see it there. Under, um, I think it's Liz Gunn's one, I'll just click on it and see where it takes me. Uh, see if it'll, it takes me nowhere. Well, here we go.
8: I'm Liz Gunn, and Let's welcome to this New Zealand loyal post-election update, the first of two election updates. In my previous video, just before the election went ahead, I stated that I would, straight after the election, release information that would shock you, the mother of all revelations, more. There were many demanding that the information be released before the election, but that was not able to be facilitated. The whistleblower's words to us were that it would be published after the election. I also had deep concerns around the trauma the information would cause on the eve of the election, and to me it felt unethical to exploit such traumatic information for our own political gain. Well, we have now come to an undisclosed location with a New Zealand clinician mathematician who is very experienced in statistical analysis. That person has with us reviewed the data and confirms our position that it is damning. The figures show that there are tens of thousands of deaths linked to the jabs. And this is just one of the sites recording this type of information in New Zealand. We don't know how many further databases like this are in the country. So it follows that as the deaths are usually less than the numbers of side effects, then the extrapolation of the numbers of injured and dead Kiwis starts to become, frankly, eye-watering. We saw in the data that there are many clusters of deaths, people who attended the same jab site and were jabbed one after the other at consecutive times on the same day. We saw their jab date. We saw their date of death. Let me give you just one of many examples. On one day, 30 people were jabbed on the same day at the same location. All are now deceased and their deaths are in close temporal time proximity to each other. That's, that's 30. That's all players in a rugby match on the field, suddenly dead. You see, statistically, the numbers of deaths we saw cannot be attributed to natural causes given same site and same date of vaccination. It would be, what they say statistically, highly unlikely. We are calling for an inquiry, not just any inquiry, a full-blown criminal investigation leaving no stone unturned. New Zealand is a crime scene. Computers of anyone associated with this COVID response rollout in any capacity, mobile phones, communications, bank accounts, archives and a whole host of other targeted information must be seized. We have OIA evidence, Official Information Act evidence, that the government knew every side effect before one single jab was given in New Zealand. So, this evidence lays waste to the safe and effective narrative. It also underlines the gravity and enormity of what I have just stated in this statement. The OIA evidence we have is attached underneath this post on the nzloyal.org.nz site. But there's one thing for sure. There should be no more jabs administered in this country. So many lives have been lost. We saw 13 children on the list that we have examined alone. Since this whistleblower approached me saying they wanted me to release this once I was in Parliament, I have wanted to have this data released immediately. Why? Because clearly, once it fully goes out to you, the public, it would prevent any more loss of life. In fact, so committed am I to stopping any further murder by needle in this country that I was willing to put my face and my name on the line on the eve of the election. I have seen the information firsthand. I have struggled sleeping at night since then, knowing that this level of detail is now available, but as we find today, being withheld. You see, whistleblowers always face great risk, as we all do, who seek to bring the truth to the people of this country under urgency. I cannot comprehend why when there is ongoing harm, that this data is not released immediately to bring an end to that harm and to launch a full-blown criminal investigation. So I'm appealing to you, the people of New Zealand, you must all demand an end to the jabs. If not addressed urgently, the World Health Organization will be able to declare the next pandemic and force mass jab compliance under the pandemic Preparedness Act, which will soon be a reality. Research that. It's also critical that you understand the difference between an inquiry per se, which is what Winston Peters has called for, and what we call for a criminal investigation. Inquiries often lead to narrow terms of reference, and they can risk just being a whitewash, where they seen to be doing something, but there's little or no change as a result. By contrast, criminal investigations involve seizure and an in-depth examination and exposure of all facts. What I will do, New Zealand, should this whistleblower finally find the drive that we are showing at New Zealand Loyal, the determination that we have, and approach me again and say they will divulge it all, what I will do is take that information to Winston Peters, I'm not looking for anything from this other than what I always look for, which is to serve my country. I will willingly offer it to Winston Peters, should they find the courage to fully open up with what we have seen today. And I will hope that Winston gets, along with the hard work of exposing it, I would hope that he gets all the glory as well. What I want more than anything is for these truths to be brought to you, the people of New Zealand. And my final word today would be this. I pray that at last the backbiting can stop, the nastiness, the undermining of one another can stop, and that this issue, this...
0: Okay, so we'll have to leave her there. We'll come back after the news with TNT Radio.
5: TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. President Emmanuel Macron announced Sunday that his government will introduce legislation this week to enshrine the freedom to have an abortion into the French Constitution. Vowing to introduce legislation this week with the hopes of presenting a bill to the Council of Ministers by the end of the year, President Macron declared on social media on Sunday, in 2024, the freedom of women to have an abortion will be irreversible. Macron first committed to include abortion access in the Constitution on March 8th, which marks the communist holiday, International Women's Day. The initial announcement from the head of state came in response to the decision by the United States Supreme Court to overturn Roe v. Wade and return the power of setting laws on abortions to the states rather than at the federal level. A lion escaped from the Rony Roller Circus in the Italian seaside town of Ladispoli, near Rome on November 11th and sparked panic among local residents before being caught and sedated after a search that lasted around seven hours. The eight-year-old lion, called Kimba, was spotted on the loose using infrared camera footage recorded by a police helicopter. Italy's Mount Etna, Europe's tallest most active volcano, roared into action on November 12th, spewing lava and ash high over the Mediterranean island of Sicily. Video footage shows lava bombs being ejected from the crater and massive plumes of ash and steam rising into the sky. The nearby Catania Airport remains open for the time being despite the volcano's activity and the resulting ash precipitation. Former President Donald Trump said during an interview aired on Univision that if he is elected to another term, he would sick the Department of Justice on his political rivals.
10: They've weaponized the Justice Department, they've weaponized the FBI. And they've come at me with the worst indictments. If they want to follow through on this, uh, yeah, it could certainly happen in reverse. It could certainly happen in reverse. What they've done is they've released the genie out of the box. They have done something that allows the next party. I mean, if somebody, if I happen to be president and I see somebody who's doing well and beating me very badly, I say, go down and indict them. Mostly that would be, you know, they would be out of business. They'd be out. They'd be out of the election. In my case, uh, it was there were such pathetic indictments.
5: The White House is planning to kill Russia's Arctic Liquid Natural Gas 2 energy project, according to U.S. Assistant Secretary of State for Energy Resources Jeffrey Pyatt, who told a Senate Foreign Relations Committee hearing on U.S. national security interests in Ukraine that new sanctions leveled against the Arctic LNG 2 is aimed at killing that project claiming it had been set up with the aim of turning Russia into the world's largest liquid natural gas exporter. DT Radio's Patrick Henningsen says now we can see Washington's true agenda.
3: Now you can see Washington's true agenda here. You shouldn't think that they would have stopped by blowing up the Nord Stream 1 and 2 pipelines to cut off gas from Russia into Europe, really deciding who Russia can sell to, who they can't sell to. Now they're trying to cut off Russian supplies to Asia. What is this going to mean? Is there going to be warfare, sabotage in the Arctic Ocean? Is that where things are heading? They think they can get between Russia and China on the delivery of energy, or Russia and Japan. Japan and they have put prohibitions in price caps on Russian oil to places like Japan but that's not going to stop the flow of energy to an Asian tiger economy that's going to need energy and lots of it affordable reliable energy with great service providers of which Russia is one of the top in the world they're going to need that to fuel their economic needs and their growth for the next two decades or more and where's the West going to green energy wind and solar, that's not going to cut it. So you can see the divergent agendas here. For TNT Radio, this is Patrick Henningson.
0: Thank you, Patrick. And there'll be more news. If you go actually from us, there won't be any more because that's the end of the uh, Liberty NZ breakfast with me, Grant Edwards, until tomorrow, Lord willing. And tomorrow is going to be Wednesday, I think, isn't it? We're up to Tuesday today. Yes. And uh, so tomorrow I'll be back, Lord willing. Five past 7 and uh, we'll finish off with this gun right after the weather but before then let's hear from a saudi muslim see what he says about the history of israel
1: israel has only been a state since 1948 palestine
2: is Thousands of years old. Sorry, Mia, you are wrong. Israel is 3,000 years old, 75 years young. And this is not coming from a Jew, but from a proud Muslim. The prophets of God whom I believe in were Israelites. A significant number of these prophets disseminated their teachings in the land of Canaan. A land which Joshua bin Nun later renamed... Israel, And then King David proclaimed Jerusalem as the nation's capital. Yes, Mia, it wasn't Donald J. Trump. It was King David. Even Jesus of Nazareth, Mia, called the land Israel in the Gospel of Matthew. The Roman Emperor Hadrian expelled Jews from Israel, erasing the name Judea. He supplanted it with the Roman Latin term Syria-Palestina, which evolved into palestine similarly the city of shem was changed to neapolis or nablus which means in roman latin new city or new place the jewish people dear me are not oh we didn't finish never mind okay six
0: minutes past uh, seven and let's go to weather uh, and then we'll go back and finish off just the last few moments uh, in the last minute and a half of liz Gun. a very interesting story there it would be very interesting to see where this one ends up Okay, let's look at the highs. I'll just do a quick, uh, just a very quick refresh on the Met service, and just so they can bring you up to date with uh, highs and lows. The extremes, well, it's still the Christchurch foothills. It's a little bit warmer there now, 19.7 degrees for Christchurch porthills, I should say. Wauru, 2.4 degrees, warmed up a lot now in the country, and the windiest place is 52 kilometres per hour in Wellington City. Mount Cook is the wettest, but only one millimetre of rain. Looking right across the centres, the main centres, the temperatures are Stewart Island, 10 degrees. Invercargill has 9 degrees. Uh, Dunedin and Queenstown are both on 12, Chatham Islands 15, Timaru 10, Christchurch 15, France-Joseph 14, Westport's on 15, Nelson 16 and Blenheim 16. Cross to the bottom of the North Island, Wellington 14, Masterton 13, Napier 13 as well and uh, Palmerston North 11, New Plymouth 15 degrees, Taupo and Rotorua both on 6 and 7 degrees, Gisborne's on 12, Tauranga's on 11, Hamilton 8, Auckland and Whangarei are both on 12 and 13, and Kaiataya is sitting on. 12 degrees. The short forecast for Northland to Taranaki, including the Coromadal Peninsula, the Bay of Plenty, Tāpō, and Taramuridui. You've got uh, mostly cloudy periods today, with isolated showers developing this morning and then turning to rain for a time in the afternoon or evening. For Gisborne to the Wairarapa, fine with high cloud increasing, strong or gale north-westerly winds in exposed places near Wairarapa. And for Wanganui and Taihape, also Wellington, partly cloudy, a chance of a shower this afternoon or evening northwest gales in exposed places around Wellington. For Marlborough and Nelson, scattered rain developing this morning and then clearing in the evening. Buller and Fiordland, periods of rain with heavy falls at times. Canterbury, mainly fine with high cloud but cloud uh, over the south late evening. Mainly fine with high cloud but clouding. Oh, I say clouding over the south late evening so it must be lowering down. For Otago and Southland, fine spells rain developing north during the uh, 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 spreading north I should say during the afternoon and evening and then easing to isolated showers and for the Chatham Islands cloudy periods looking ahead to Wednesday for the North Island scattered showers in the west And clearing northern regions, cloudy periods in the east. South Island, fine weather on Wednesday with high cloud for Marlborough and Northern Canterbury. Scattered showers elsewhere. For Thursday, in the North Island, partly cloudy with isolated showers in the west, especially the afternoon and evening. South Island rain developing in the west with possible heavy falls, high cloud elsewhere. And for Friday, North Island scattered showers, mainly from Taranaki to Tarpo and also East Cape Northwards. You've got rain developing about Capity and Wellington. Fine with high cloud elsewhere in the South Island on Friday, rain in the south and west with the heavy force spreading elsewhere and uh, that's going to be later easing in the south. Chatham Islands, a long-range forecast, cloudy periods with a few showers on Wednesday. Uh, Fresh northwesterlies change uh, to southwest for a time and then northerlies, they're going to be coming strong on Friday. We'll be back with uh, Liz Gunn and uh, we'll finish that in, in, just, in just a moment. It's nine minutes past seven. Like,
6: why are you here if you can't even answer our questions? You can answer questions all day long related to DEI. You won't answer our questions about bargaining agreements. You just hide behind uh, them and won't answer those questions. Do you know what happens when you have a job in the private sector and you don't show up? What happens? Congressman, I don't quite understand the question. You have, okay, you're the director of the Office of Personnel Management, and you don't know in the private sector if you don't show up to work. You know what happens? You get fired. Like, how do you, 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 you oversee federal employees, and you can't even answer the simplest, most basic questions here today. Like, why are you here if you can't answer our
0: questions? Whenever you
10: feel negative or unhappy about anything, you say, wait a minute, I'm...
0: That was, that was uh, Amazon, actually, on trial.
10: We'll go back. This is Brian Tracy. Whenever you feel negative or unhappy about anything, you say, wait a minute, I'm responsible. I'm responsible for my life. I'm responsible for what happens. I can't change the past, so I'm not going to spend a second worrying about the past. I'm going to become so busy working on my future and my goals that I don't have time to think about the past.
0: Isn't that lovely? Now I've got to find my way back to Liz Gunn. If, if you, before I do, let me just have a quick look and it, it see if there's any new news that's just come up that you might want to know about. So I'll just refresh all the main newspapers or main you know fake fake stream media front pages and just see if there's anything new. Let me see. Um what have we got here? Nothing new really. Housing market showing increasing signs of life. Property values lift. Or or is it that or is it the dead cat bouncing? <laughs> Uh, Oh my goodness, look at this Oh, There is some new news here We're over at News Hub And it's a pro-Palestinian protester Doused red paint on MFAT Uh, That's in the US consulate offices Gosh, look at the red paint all over the show That's terrible All over the carpet, all over the walls Just some half-witted people And um, so why has Rishi Sunak brought the former UK Prime Minister David Cameron back to frontline politics. It looks as though he has. That's just come through. Uh, in the Middle East, Israeli forces at the gates of Gaza's main hospital with hundreds trapped. But you know what they're doing? They're bringing in fuel for the hospitals. They're bringing in fuel. And guess what? Hamas won't allow it to get to the hospital. Does that make sense? It makes sense to me because that's what they've been doing all along. And you've got this thing called Pallywood too, so you want to look that up. Hollywood is like a Palestinian Hollywood. They pretend that things are much worse than they really are. All the reports about thousands of people that have been killed are only they are coming from Hamas, a terrorist organization, and we're believing that you know you've got people like you know, well, i won't mention names now I 've mentioned them enough, but um, you've got people in the mainstream media and even in the independent media that are going off Hamas figures, terrorist figures. Which have always been, you know, inflamed and always been over, you know, dramatised, and they've 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 got these crews of of people that like um like Hollywood crews. They call it Pallywood, and just go and look on online. I, I use Duck Duck Go, but I'm sure it's even on Google, where they basically um have people pretending they've been shot and injured, and they're on stretchers and ambulances and all that, and they just basically just it's just a movie set, uh, and that's. That 's the way it is now outstanding issues Luxon on the verge of failing to uh, form a government before the APEC deadline well APEC started on Sunday and that that finishes those talks I'm pretty sure those talks finish on Friday so you see's pushing it a bit tomorrow's Wednesday isn't it yes it is uh, labor now we've got labor new allegations against Anderson Jenny Anderson the whistleblower says but I'm um, you know for, you know forget just disregard everything that this this about this because we don't know who the person is, and she's not able to 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 answer the allegations. If um if you don't know who these people are, uh, customs they seized two kilograms, almost two kilograms of meth from a young nineteen year old. Now where was he from? Dublin, I think. From uh, he was an, yes, he was an Irish national, bought some drugs over here worth about almost three quarters of a million dollars on the streets, and they somehow they reckon it's going to do two million dollars worth of damage. To society, I don't know, maybe. Anyway, uh, so that's that. And what What about Radio New Zealand? Anything new? Climate activists seeking compensation and payout after wrongful arrest. A protester with a restore passenger rail. So long haired Git, just looks like a clown. There he is, photograph of him there. I don't like long haired men, I think it looks ridiculous. And the Bible says long hair is a shame unto man. Talked about that before, but then most Christians don't believe the Bible anyway, don't do you? What's the Bible? You don't don't go by that anymore, that old book. No one believes it. What else have we got here? House values strengthen. Oh, that's what we had on the other one, didn't we? House strength, uh, house prices strengthen, especially in the larger cities. Apparently, housing market values continue to strengthen with first time buyers continuing to drive modest price growth. Okay. And who let the dogs out? Auckland pooch problem. The, the, there is a serious pooch problem. Auckland's canine population exploding during the pandemic. It certainly did. Everyone wanted a dog to take for a walk. Otherwise, they'd get arrested or get questioned by the police. Where are you going? Oh, I'm just taking the dog for a walk. Oh, that's all right then. So everyone wanted a dog. Can I borrow your dog? <laughs> so there's a, there is a problem. Too many dogs. I don't think dogs should be living in the city anyway. It's
3: just, you know, it's
0: just disgusting, really, when you think about it. They live in the house sleep you know hair everywhere inside the home i mean all our dogs are outside um on the farm as i as a child we never had a dog inside dogs were always outside um yeah just you yeah, make you sick really yuck fur everywhere uh so what have they got here we've got who hates mondays our students you know are they pretending they're going to play a big have a party Instead of going to school to learn, get them straight in to learn. I mean, you don't go to school. Te- what are they teaching kids? You don't go to work and have a party on Mondays, do you? <laughs> Except for the National Party, um, that sort of party. No, you don't do that. And so what are they teaching them? It's just nuts. It's all this more. They, we've got to get rid of the um, – the, the communist infiltration still there. Even with national – I mean, they haven't formed a government yet. But even when we've got the centre-right government, it's still going to be um, – all this rubbish is still coming out of the bureaucracy – out of the government departments, like the education department. There needs to be a thorough clean-out. I don't think anything like that is possible to happen until uh, someone like New Zealand loyal, you know, who are non-globalists, who will actually uh, form a a government that will um, have a um, constitution, a written codified constitution, not the crazy one we've got now that nobody knows what it means or whatever it is, can't even identify what's the constitution. Oh, I don't know. You know, it's um, I mean, you have to be a constitutional lawyer to, to know what our constitution is, but apparently, we have one. Apparently, we're a constitutional monarchy. Others say that we're just a corporation and that the um, His Majesty the King and Right is just a name only, and it used to be the, Her Majesty the Queen and Right, didn't it? It's just a, a name for the corporation. Um, so the uh, corporate corpse comes from dead dead entity. And they even say that a person is a corporation. Uh, if you look in Black's Law Dictionary, a person is not a, you know what we think it is, a living human being. It's actually a corporation, a corpse, a dead person. So we've got this dead entity, uh, which is supposed to be all in capitals, apparently. That's that's how you know. And when they say, are you Grant Edwards or whatever, and you, they say your full name, and if you say yes, then you've basically... Um, Giving them, you're you're agreeing, you're consenting uh, to come under the authority of this this uh, corporation, calling you, uh, uh, and you you become you you start um, what do you call it sort of negotiating or treating with them, um, yeah. But if you just say no, don't say don't tell them who you are. They need to demonstrate their right to that information, don't they? Just tell them to get lost, get off the property. Um, you're not going to play that game with them anyway, so that's me and uh, I'll tell you who's really good on that Uh, he's just uh, starting out he admits he's just learning but he's a very clever man and that's Richard Vobes V-O-B-E-S go and have a look at him I think he's on uh, YouTube he's careful what he says Um, but I I like what he. some of the things he does Um, usually they're around about 15 minutes long uh, 12 to 15 minutes, sometimes shorter and uh, Richard Vobes, brilliant brilliant man Uh, 18 past 7 so that's my lot Uh, we've just about done everything we'll just finish off with this gun and then we'll be back to the wireless with country music Uh, playing today's best country here at the wireless Um, if you're on if you're listening on rumble or facebook or youtube or whatever we're on or twitter um, you just find one of the links and then if you like country music you can carry on if you don't oh we'll just wait till tomorrow morning then I'll be back uh, with more um, with more um, opinions uh, Grant's opinions very opinionated he is yeah I don't like that Grant Edwards he's opinionated yeah and he says things and he swears too and he says he's a Christian and he tells other people off for swearing and yeah he swears himself I, I do but I use Bible words like piss and bastard and, So I, I sometimes I say shit but I probably shouldn't probably should say dung because that's a Bible word isn't it dung but I don't sort of use it like there's a reason for me using it I don't sort of use it like every second word just like a byword just for fun, like an idle word. I don't. I try. I try not to do that. So yeah. Okay. Well, I've got some problems, haven't I? Okay. Well, I'll admit. I'll admit that. That's what I do. And I could be wrong. Show me in the Bible that I'm wrong. If I'm. If you can show me in the Bible that I'm wrong, I'll change because I'm guided by that book. That book there is the final authority for me. And um, if you can show me that I'm gone. I've gone off the tracks. Gone off the rails. If you can show me in the book that it's. It's bad. I mean, I don't drink it all at the moment, but uh, only because for health I, w- I want to cut out c- carbohydrates and just want to see how how it goes. Um, but I don't believe it's anything wrong having a glass of wine, real wine. I don't believe. I think God knows the difference between grape juice and wine. <laughs> a lot of Christians like to make it. Oh, it's actually it's only grape juice. It wasn't real wine. It wasn't fermented wine. But I, I don't go with that. I think God knows the difference. Um, I, I have a beer. Uh, but the only place I can see that is wrong and that is drunkenness drunkenness is a sin um, but I don't see and you have to be careful because it's very easy to have too many and then if you get drunken and even Mary I don't see that that is a sin because you know David talks about that you know make, make Mary um a little wine is good for the stomach. We always use that one, don't we? A lot of alcoholics, <laughs> a lot of drunks use that, that one. A little wine is good for the stomach. And what is that one now? Uh, As I lay thee down by the still. <laughs> we can make excuses for anything. But um, I don't know. I I, I don't, um, you know, you show me in the scriptures that it's wrong. And I'll sort it. I'll fix it. I'll repent. I'll, I'll do a 180 if you can show me. You know, without without sort of like make turning you know, like without doing um, scriptural gymnastics, biblical gymnastic. You know, having to having to pretend something isn't really what it says. I just go with what the words on the page mean. I know that God can translate. That's what I believe by faith. And it's if it's written in English, King James English, then I know I can trust those words because the Bible tells us that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, which is teaching. And, um, so I believe that, so yes, yeah, so you just show me that I'm going wrong and and then I will repent i'll I will apologize in person, and I'll repent publicly that i'm wrong and and sometimes if i I do say something that's wrong and i and I do apologize and uh, I will admit that I'm wrong I mean, I am not perfect, am I, but i do I do try to do do the best we can as we all do, we all make mistakes, no one's perfect, we're not robots. Uh, Now, I'm just trying to find Liz Gunn because she's got another minute and a half to go on that. Now, where are you, Liz? Oh, I don't know. Uh, Let me... um, Where is it? It's completely gone. Uh, Gosh, Liz. Okay, look, I'll just play something while I find it. We'll be back in a moment. But legally, I'm uh, 69. So you want to
8: identify 17 years...
10: Yeah, because, you know,
2: That's I feel like that, I
8: have younger. that
10: feeling. You, you're not actually 42, you're 69. No, but the times has changed. <laughs> no, they no, haven't changed. No, they haven't. No time no, has
2: changed. No, no, changed.
8: No, 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 and so, and that no has It has all to
2: do with beliefs. My biological age is about 42, the doctor says, right. but legally I'm uh, 69. He's 69.
0: Um, I still haven't found it. Oh, I don't know what's, what's happened to the jolly thing. here. I'll be back in a minute. Surely we'll find it. Let me, let me just play These Boots by Eric Church. That, that will give me a few minutes. One,
4: two, three. These boots have counted off many a band Playing one night roadhouse stands For tips and empty rooms These boots have stood a toe to toe With the biggest, baddest jokes Like they had some things to prove These boots Yeah, these boots More than once saved my ass Like the time they hid that grass From most cops and two below And these boots Have danced with the devil that battle Into the wild Irish roads I wore out more souls Than i
0: care to Okay, that's a good song, isn't it, Eric Church? And we'll play that a bit later. I found it. I found it! Now, okay, there it is. I don't know why I couldn't find it, but here it is. This is the last part of Liz Gunn. From, she's the leader of New Zealand Loyal, and uh, she's talking about the mother of all... Uh, what was it? The mother of all something. Anyway, the mother of all revelations or something. Yeah. Yes, it is. The mother of all. M-O-A-R. You'll find that on Rumble, I think, under probably under NZ Loyal. You might find it under nzloyal.org.nz, or you will find it under FreeNZ. That's Liz's media company. OK, let's get back to that.
8: Important, crucial standing together, finally, unites us all, New Zealand, and that we stand up to this new government and say we demand a full oh, exposure it. of the truth.
0: Oh okay. <laughs> so that was all we've got there. Oh okay. So that was good. Anyway, so you can go and see that that I found that at expose news.com, that expose-news.com. Very interesting. They've got some uh, very, very good stuff there at expose. Okay, so that is uh, that is me until tomorrow. And uh, so I look forward to seeing you tomorrow morning at 5 o'clock. Be, be there bright and early, bushy-tailed, 25 past 7. We'll see you tomorrow. Oh, hang on. Uh, if I if I requeue it, you do have to bring the volume up, Grant. Oh, you do too,
4: you do too. Oh, here we go. One, two, three. These boots have counted off many a band Playing one-night roadhouse stands For tips and empty rooms these boots have stood toe to toe with the biggest baddest joes like they had some things to prove